0: Welcome to episode 36 of the Hella Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. This episode is all about Gary Dobbins and Dobbins Rods. We sit down with the rod maker, the owner of Dobbins Rods, and we cover a ton of great stuff. We talk about the new signature rods from Sobe and Buka from Caden, talk about the potential of new reels, uh, Ton, answer a ton of questions from the, the viewers, the live viewers on specific rod techniques, best rods for this, and all kinds of questions about the history of Gary and the history of Dobbins Rods. It's a jam-packed episode with tons of information about bass fishing and rods and reels. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, look forward to your feedback and enjoy the episode. All right, we should be live with Mr. Gary Dobbins. There's comments just uh, just popped up big time. There's a bunch of people in here already. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Uh, see uh, Shadow Bass and Daryl, Chris, Bill, a bunch of people. So it's great. Uh, there's a bunch of people excited to uh, to chat here tonight. I'd uh, love to hear from everybody how is the audio. Uh, I feel like there's a little bit of crackling, so... You might want to try the headphones, Gary. But uh, some people checking in from St. Louis. Shaco says he's got so many questions. Um, so should be uh, should be a live one tonight. Um, yeah, some people are seeing the crackling. Gary's going to try some headphones quick. We'll see what that does, and I'm guessing that's going to take care of it. Better. Yeah, I think that sounds better. Everybody else in the chat can uh, let me know. So I'm also trying out just for you, Gary. I upgraded my webcam tonight, so we'll see if the picture are- <laughs> um,
1: picked up my double chin.
0: Yeah, well, it's more on my end. Your your camera is your camera, but uh, so but uh, so hopefully that's better. But uh, yeah, I guess just starting out. Uh, <laughs> so Gary, you we were kind of talking about beforehand. You're still kind of battling the shoulder thing, so that means you're not doing much fishing or hunting right now.
1: Yeah, that's true. I'm really not. I'm still, um, I'm only like seven and a half weeks out of this last rebuild and it really doesn't feel that well, to be honest with you. So no fishing, no shooting. Um, I'm still playing around a little bit, but, but I'm trying to be sure. good.
0: Yeah. JJ says a couple of ugly guys hanging on the stream. So, um, <laughs> so what I guess, so how long ago did you move to Texas? It's been a couple of years now, right?
1: Yeah, we've been here three years. Um, you know, I really like Texas a lot. I mean, it, uh, mm-hmm. it's, got a, it's got a lot of advantages, a lot of business advantages for sure. But, sure. you know, the people are so friendly. You know, it's rural. We were rural in California as well. But um, so we're right. rural, you know, really rural here. And, and uh, you know, I just like it. I like the fact that, you know, we don't have as many rules and regulations. Sure. A
0: little more centrally located for shipping. So you kind of get, everybody gets their rods in
1: similar amount of time. Yeah. They, they tell us three days max, no matter where we ship. So, I mean, I know I like, good.
0: I like getting my rods quicker now. It doesn't take a lot. <laughs> from Texas. So that's always a plus. Um, but uh, so how, what's, what's new with Dobbins? What generally what's going on before we get into like, there's a bunch of rod questions and stuff that we can get into, but just general what's, what's new and what's, how's 2020 been post- Post COVID,
1: well, you know, we had a really slow stretch there in March, and uh, mm-hmm. and it was it, it was scary to be honest with you. It's really scary. But after that, things picked up, and it, it's been a great year. I mean, I I really hate to say it that way because I know a lot of businesses have really struggled. But anyone in the fishing industry has done well this year. Yeah. I mean, if people couldn't go to church, they couldn't go bowling, they couldn't go to the movies, but what they could do is get get out on the lake. And the fishing business has been really well.
0: Yeah, um, I think the only I think the only downside is getting products, right? in the supply
1: chain. So other supply than Supply chain, supply chain's bad. Um, you know, we were lucky. We started, we started with a real heavy inventory year. So we've been, we've been pretty solid all year. We've, you know, it's uh, our dealer feedback is that, you know, we've got more rods than most of the companies. So we've we done a pretty good job with rods just because we started heavy with inventory, but right. you know, right now we've been struggling. There's no right. doubt. Yeah. So, <clears throat> But what we got new is, I mean, we got a lot new, really. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna bring the Cadence series back, which we launched as kind of a test pilot program earlier in the year, and and I got to tell you, it was a home run for us. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I was coming off another shoulder operation, the same left shoulder then, and I really couldn't test the rods, and and we did that, we serial numbered every one of them, we sent them out, we got great feedback, and and it was really awesome. Well, uh, I will probably do it again because you get so much feedback. You know, Mm -hmm. so many anglers so fast. And and I tell you guys, didn't pull no punches. It's, you know, the rod turned out really well. Probably got, I got more cosmetic, you know, critiques than I did anything. Uh, Sure. But we got the Caden series coming. We've got the uh, the panfish, the trout panfish series coming. That's strictly dealer requests over and over and over. So we're doing a full line of uh, panfish trout rods. And they're going to be. What series are those? What series are the panfish? They're coming into the Sierra series, just because like in, uh, in California, we've got the Sierra mountain range the Sierras and stuff. And it's big, big, big trout fish in there. And it just seemed like a perfect fit for it. It was just name lined up right. Um, the rods are, are pretty unique. They're really super small diameter to the point that I had to put a solid carbon tip in them. Um, just to, I mean, it's just like the tip is so fine that you couldn't keep a tubular rod together. Um, that's another thing. We've got a couple of signature series coming around. Um we've got a bull shad rod and uh we've got I'm just going blank on a oh, uh Soby. We've got the Sobe specials coming. We've got three rock three models there. And so I'm uh, working so on a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah. So the soby rods, are those gonna be walleye rods? I mean he's in Minnesota again.
1: Yeah, they're bass. I mean we're we're making soby start bass fishing more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. Uh, Soby's a good buddy of mine. I'm just giving him a hard time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I expect that that Buka rod to be uh uh, very popular as well, for sure.
1: <clears throat> um, you know, it's a it's it's a great rod. It's got the right power, um, and it's an oddball length for us. We haven't we haven't never made an eight foot three rod, and that kind of hit a, a special sure. with a lot of the, a lot of the anglers. Um, it was, I think we're going to do well with it.
0: Yeah, I could see that being more than a bullshad rod. I could see guys liking it for a rigs and yeah. big crankbaits and sing yeah other single hook swim baits and things like that. Um, <clears throat> So what, I those are coming out. I saw that you guys recently revamped the website a couple months ago. You yep. load all the cadence on there. We can see them. When are we <laughs> going to be able to get our hands on them, Gary?
1: Well, you know, I tell you truthfully, they're done. I mean, right now it's getting stuff, it's getting stuff here. Um, I mean, the shipping right. is just really backlogged really bad. And uh, I mean, they've been promised me a container now for two weeks. It's, I mean, shipping is just backlogged. I'm telling guys, I'm really, I feel pretty good about saying mid-December. Um, but it's just taken a long time to get stuff.
0: If we're lucky, we might be able to buy ourselves some Christmas presents. <laughs>
1: yeah. The trout panfish rods should be here. I mean, they're going to be here this week. um They should have already been here, but they'll be here. And the Sobe rods and the bullshad rods are still, they're going to be out. They're probably coming around the same time as the Cadence. Sure. We're trying to airship some in early just so we can have them for the holidays.
0: Yeah, I grabbed a couple of those. Uh, Colt pan fish rods. I don't know that those ever really like caught on. Um, and I bought a couple from my parents. I don't know if you can see them, but they fished on Falcon. Falcon. Yeah. And those are I mean, they just hammered some giant on those colt pan fish rods.
1: Yeah, we uh we actually had done really well with that, truthfully. We uh sure. you know, I'd never I'd never been a real serious crappie fisherman and and mm-hmm. a good friend of mine who uh, he actually owns a, a phenomenal crappie trail matt morgan and Andy morgan they uh mm-hmm. we started doing i started doing more crappie fishing and i honestly i didn't like the rods and i'm like i can make better rods than, the, than what you guys are fishing with and sure. so i did and kind of started a thing now I've, you know made a bunch of them i made a bunch of them that i've sent to guys and stuff too yeah uh well
0: you with your shoulder you might have to take up crappie you might be able to yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well i'll definitely be able to fish a spinning rod way before i'll be able to fish a casting rod so uh for There's sure. No doubt about that.
0: So Chris brings up an excellent point on Facebook. He says he's gonna go ahead and hold out for the halibass rods instead of the Sobe rods. So just just throwing that out there. <laughs> I'll
1: have to work on that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Brian Larson said he just ordered the Fury seven thirty-four for swim baits, and he's beyond excited uh, to try it out. So and Brian, uh, so he's actually so Brian and I both qualified for the Bass Nation national championship on pickwick which we leave a week from tomorrow so he's the co-angler and i'm the boater representing minnesota so we're we'll be vying for a classic berth, and uh so that's uh, we're excited to go down and fish that and pickwick in a couple weeks so
1: well the weather's been a little foul but it uh yeah. you know water should the temperature be coming down bite should be picking up at uh you know should have a lot of fun any chance
0: you'll make a dark man series for really small fish?
1: <laughs> Those would have to be really, really small fish, and the rod would have to be purple. That goes back to the uh, to me and Darkman many, many, many years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so that's awesome. So we think end of this year, if not worst case, we're talking early 2021, almost all these rods will be available, start rolling out to the, the Dobbins dealers. Um, and I think now with the new website, People can order direct is that right from dobbins again
1: we try to push into dealers but yeah but you know we do you can't order direct from us now and right. uh you know all my dealers they just don't carry all the all the models and, right. and some of them some of them are just you know like a 908 for instance i mean i don't really want my dealers carrying that rod it's just uh-huh. it, you know they don't move enough of them you know i want them to have stuff that's going to turn but but we also have a great drop ship program for all our dealers too so if somebody they want a rod, and the dealer doesn't have it. All they got to do is, you know, ring them up, shoot us an email, and we'll drop we'll drop ship it same day. I mean, drop ships are priority number one.
0: So here's one question. So I saw this one on Facebook as well. Jared Jones wants to know: Will the the extreme seven sixty five ever make a return?
1: You know, that rod didn't sell well. Um, and that's that's literally the only reason. And mm-hmm. I haven't discontinued a lot of rods. Maybe. A half a dozen really i mean i i hate to discontinue them because every time i do i mean it seems like i get to have to pull them back in like the 705 cbmf glass rod i have, personally i hate that rod i mean it's it's the old traditional glass rod to build you know way back into the handle and i've discontinued yeah. it twice and i've had to bring it back twice i mean there's just guys out there that like it mm-hmm. uh, one of the hardest things for me is you know, I've got likes and dislikes on rods as well, and a lot of them, and some rods, I mean, I make them, they're balanced, They're, you know, they're, they're a good rod for the guys that want that particular action or whatnot, but I hate them personally, but, sure. you know, it's, uh, you got to build what people want, not what you want. That's the reason we have a couple of hundred models. Sure. So, Billy asks,
0: and I think I know the answer to this, are you ever planning to do a big sale like you did back in uh, March and April?
1: You know, I really don't. I'm, I'll never do that again. And, um, and the reason I did it, truthfully, I mean, I'm, just, I'm as honest as anything. I mean, I had a lot of rods ordered. I, had a, I owed a lot of money out. And we sat for two weeks without a dealer order in the first two weeks of March, which is honestly the two biggest weeks of the year. And I panicked. I mean, I'll just straight up, I'll tell you, I panicked. We weren't we weren't moving product at all. I've got rods coming in I've got to pay for. And I did, a, I did the sale. And it you know it really I didn't really get a lot of flack from dealers. I only was even contacted by three dealers total. Everybody kind of understood. Everybody was kind of going through a, a kind of a panic mode themselves. But right. I'll never do that sale again. I'll just support my dealers and uh, and I'll help some of my dealers do sales. It's just yeah. not good. It's just not good for the company. Yeah, for sure.
0: And I, and I don't think anybody anticipated the the boom, the bubble that just. I mean. I mean, I think some of us thought fishing might do okay. They might be able, but the way it like it flourished this year, I don't think anybody at that time really knew that was going to happen.
1: Well, a lot of us, you know, truthfully, you sit there and you think, we don't know really what's going to happen, you know, and, and a lot of the lace got shut down on a lot of the States and, right. and we had no idea how hard it was going to hit the country. And it was just, everything was a big unknown, but I knew I had a lot of rods to pay for that I hadn't received yet. And I knew I was setting on a lot of inventory. And so it was easy to convert some inventory into dollars and, and uh in in hindsight i honestly wish i hadn't done it but at the time i really think it was the right decision it was yeah. it was a hard decision it was it was a very difficult decision for me but you know i mean i had i had really good financial advisors telling me gosh gary eliminate your inventory you're setting a lot of inventory i mean the company it you know every the world's going the world's going to end the world's going to end you know and it's just—it was just a scary time, with you know, no dealer orders for two weeks, and, and I panicked on it, and then uh-huh. it took us a long time to get caught up, and then of course business has been really good since then. Like I said, anyone in the fishing industry's done well this year.
0: Yeah, and if you'd had those
1: rods, you would have sold them. Like you wouldn't be <laughs> short on rods now. No. Um, no. So Jerry
0: says, any possibility for a longer Sierra, like a seven three seven two, in the spinning?
1: You know, I uh, I usually build rods off requests. If I get a lot of requests, you know, I mean, I'll I mean, I'll build a rod. And I did that in the championship because we got a lot of requests for like a seven foot three spinning rod. Uh-huh. And so we built I built seven thirty two and seven thirty three, and uh, we do very very well with them. They are uh, they're actually a couple of old extreme blanks that uh, uh-huh. when I needed a seven foot three rod and the bin that I had those blanks I didn't really see a need to. Uh, you know, completely redesign them. They were originally seven foot four in the DXs. I cut a half inch off of them and made them seven foot three and a half, but I can call them seven threes. Didn't change any action. The rods are just phenomenal. Um, so we do well with those, but I really haven't had to request for the Sierras, you know, longer spinning in the Sierras.
0: Yeah. I guess before we get into like other questions, one thing that I guess I've always appreciated is like I've fished I've a lot of Dobbins rods. I've had savvies and coalitions and the older style champions and the new extremes and the old extremes and right like uh, and the furies. And I think that the consistency, like if I, I mean, there's each rod has its own characteristics, but I feel like you've done a really good job maintaining the Dobbins feel and brand Right. And I don't think what a lot of people realize is how involved you are in every single rod that comes out. Maybe just shed some light on that.
1: Well, I build every single one of them. I mean, every one of them my own blank. I mean, I get out questions all the time. Whose blanks are you use? And I'm using my own. I mean, I build every single rod. Um, I've got hands on all of them. Some of them are a little more difficult to build than others. Um, but even truthfully, I love it. And I love playing. I'm like a kid in a candy store. When new materials come out, I've got to play with them. I mean, I have to. And and so I'm continually upgrading the rods. I mean, the DXs have took several upgrades, and I'm gonna tell you right now, they're getting another upgrade right now. Um, this COVID things caused me some issues with some factories, mm-hmm. and so I had to, I'm moving them. I'm moving them to one of my, you know, my factory that I'm really, really tight with. It it really does a great job for me. And I didn't see any reason why not to uh, uh, boost them a little bit with the new material right. that's out. And so I mean, you're gonna see, you're gonna see. A quite a bit of weight knocked out of that rod and a lot more sensitivity put into it. And it's going to become a lot closer to the ecstasy series. Nice. And still going to maintain the price point or is the price change? I'm going to maintain the price point. I mean, I take little, I take hits on margins, no doubt. And, and, and I'll tell you truthfully, the reason that I'm, mean, you know, I am selling off our website now for the first time ever, and I was always really against that, even though almost every single company does that. But mm-hmm. I've took price increases every year, and I've never raised prices because I think the prices are where they need to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to sell. I'm hoping to pick up two or three percent of you know direct retail sales off the website, and that'll make up that'll make up for my price increases, so I don't have to raise prices or rods. Yeah, but I really no, I don't think. Yeah, the the price. My the, price is lower. Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> say, but my price and is that, and I haven't raised them. Yeah, I was saying so a lot of people come in the niche, right?
0: Too that'll be those those nine foot rods and the specialty rods, and like, right? That's where you hope you'll you'll kind of you'll fill in the gaps that the the dealers don't carry, and that's what you'll sell mostly through the website. You know, the bread and butter, seven thirty four, 735s You know, hopefully everybody goes through the dealers and just you know keeps buying them there. So.
1: Yeah, all my dealers got seven thirty-fours and seven thirty-fives. And uh we're so strong in those longer rods that it's um I mean, the only seven foot rod that I fish is a jerk bait rod. I mean, I throw the seven oh four C V champ a lot, but other than that, everything I fish is longer. So I'm I'm always trying to talk guys into length. You know, they cast farther, they pick up more line on the hook set. I believe they really fight fish better. You got more you got more rod out there working with the bends. so you keep fish pinned better. I mean, you know, there's Pros and cons to that, but I, I like longer rods. as long as they're balanced and sensitive.
0: Hundred percent agree. Like, uh, there's, I think I won one rod under seven, <laughs> and uh, most of them are seven three, seven four, seven five. Yeah. Uh, so Chris Sanchez says, can you talk about the Caden six foot ten jerk bait rod?
1: You know, that I'm glad he asked that to be honest with you. I have been beat up for years over ever so many people believe the perfect length on a jerkbait rod is six foot ten. Now I'm gonna tell you I disagree with that totally, but I'm just not gonna fight it anymore. I mean, I've got so many requests for it. When I come out with a Cadence series, I thought that's the perfect Perfect place to throw a six foot ten jerkbait rod. And we're gonna do well with it. I mean, I've had so many requests over the years. I don't know how it how it got started to be the ideal length jerkbait rod, but there's so many anglers that feel six ten is the perfect length. So I just built it. I mean, I like a seven footer and honestly, right. I don't work a bait straight down to the water. So I could throw a seven foot six rod really if I wanted to. Um, but these guys want a six ten jerkbait rod, they've got one coming.
0: Nice. Well you're you're not exactly a jockey, Gary. You're not the, the smallest guy in the world either. So not not everybody's tall in stature and long arms. So I it's it's hard to understand that for, for those other people, I guess. But yeah, I, but I tell
1: you, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I fish with a lot of guys that, you know, aren't as tall as I am and stuff. And gosh, they use the same rods I do throwing jerk baits. And, you know, and, and honestly, a lot of times use longer rods. So, you uh-huh. uh one of the things that I really fight with the rod company is guys that believe that uh, a, a shorter guy should use a shorter rod. And I really disagree with that. And I fight it constantly. And I mean, I'm almost daily, I'll get a question on that, you know, well, hey, you know, I'm only five, nine, you know, I can't use the same rod you're gonna use. And I disagree with with that it uh it uh if the rod's balanced i mean and you're fishing the only rod you're fishing down is really jerk baits or spinner baits swim right. baits or mm-hmm. like that but i mean all your jig rods and worm rods and stuff you're fishing up and there's just advantages to having longer rods and you know my uh you know my son my son's not real tall and he uses he uses longer rods than i do um mm-hmm. i've got a bunch of buddies i hate to start naming names that, that i fished with growing up through the years and you know, several of them's like seriously, five seven and five eight, and they use they use the rods I use or longer rods than I use. Like sure. I throw a seven six flipping stick. All of these guys are throwing eight footers. And but I just I really love the seven sixty-six champ. So I mean I just sure. fell in love with my rod, but sure.
0: Yeah, I guess it, you know it's like anything, right? It's what's comfortable to you, right? Not everybody wears the same type of shoes. Not everybody wears the same type of shirts. Like, so it's a it's a little bit of personal preference. And I tell that people like some people love Dobbins, some people don't think Dobbins are the greatest. And I'm like, well, you know, it, it's you. you no single rod doesn't matter what company is going to fit every single angler for exactly what they feel they want or what feels good to them so
1: i tell you i get you know guys will say you know why don't why isn't this rod seven foot one why isn't it seven foot two the next guy wants a seven foot three i mean it really if if i get a lot of requests i'll build it i mean if i think we can sell it and we have a lot of requests and there's a good fan base for it i'm going to build it but you know, if I just get a request here and there, I mean, I really I don't jump. I've got to get a lot of requests before I do it. And I mean, the one thing that I try to do is I build, you know, a complete line. Like if you don't like a three power, you need a four. Well, I'll have a four. But if you need think you need a two, well, you can drop down and grab a rapid two because we'll have one. I mean, on most generally make like a you know, a, some cases even a one, but you know, a two, three, four, five, and six power a lot of times. So a guy can really get exactly what he loves because everyone's got their own their own styles i mean some guys think you gotta try to jerk a fish out of 40 foot of water on a hook set you know and i don't really buy into that either i really believe a good firm sweeping hook set gets better penetration and you lose less fish but um so some, somebody's wanting a really really stout rod some guys are wanting a super fast rod i mean some of the guy jerkbait guys now are i mean they're going into these really fast action rods i don't think that's yeah. the right way to fish a jerkbait, but if they want it, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll try to talk them into a two or a three power that's faster because it's going to load quicker, but it's still got a little softer tip and it's going to have like a four or five power.
0: Right. Yeah. So Bill Bill Coles asked a decent question. We didn't really really touch on this, but in the last year or so you've come out with a bunch of tackle and I've, uh, I've dealt with <laughs> made heads and I found those to work really good on paddle tails. That double barb is, is a nice design and I've, the Nico weights have been good for me. Uh, but I know you got spinnerbaits and jigs. Is it uh, any any other plans for expansion or?
1: You know, you know, I've used my own jigs. I tied my own jigs for a long time in tournaments because I was really frantic about that six Ford um, Gamma gatsu jig hook. I mean, that's the best best brown button jig hook on the market ever. I mean, they call it a heavy wire, but it's not a heavy wire. But it, yet, it won't spring. You know, if you hit a a hard a big fish in a roof of the mouth, it's still going to penetrate. It's not going to spring. So I always poured my hand poured my own my own football heads and stuff like that for years, really picky about spinner baits. Um, The swim bait heads drove me crazy because I didn't like any of them out there. Um, Some of the, some of the ones that use wire, they cut the baits really bad, you know, the wire keeper. Um, So I put a four barb system in on, on all the jig heads and swim bait heads. And the only negative to it is you need to rig it straight because if you, if you don't rig it straight and you go to pull it off, it really is, it's pretty rough on the bait, but it does hold. And I throw I throw a lot of the smaller swim baits, a lot of the Kitex, throw a, throw a lot of a rigs, and uh and I got tired of super glueing my fingers together. You know I mean, and and those baits will start sliding off those swim bait heads, and it just drove me crazy. So I built a head to fix it. You know the the nail weight thing true it, I call it a dumb nail weight, just a dumb little nail weight, but it don't fall out. You know, uh-huh. I mean it's it's made right and. And it stays in there. And we honestly we sell tons and tons of nail weights. Um, I just everything I made like that I thought was just was I thought it was better. I mean, the spinner baits are a balanced, really balanced skirt. I mean, if you look at the beast spinner bait, it's tied strand to strand to strand to strand evenly all the way around that shank of that hook. It, uh, just, just stuff like that. I'm really picky about stainless steel blades where I don't know, there may be, but I don't know of another company right now that's building stainless steel blades in the U S um, they do a lot of Japan, but they're lighter and they spin like crazy. It's just a, just a better blade. I mean, um, just little stuff like that. And I don't, I'm not really making plans to bring in a bunch of stuff out Uh, with the exception of a buzz bait. I've had been tinkering with a buzz bait for quite a while. It, um, I don't like some of the head knockers you know they it kind of wears into the head after a while and it just you know but i like that idea so i've kind sure. of made one that's going to be uh it doesn't have a clicker but it's going to make a lot of noise when it runs in the water and cool. uh i've got just got actually i just got samples last week nice <clears throat> cool
0: yeah kevin stevens points out that a lot of people tried dobbins for that uh in that sale and they're they're hooked now so that's the, the upside to that
1: um uh, You know, you know, I tell you, I've never claimed to be good at marketing uh, because I'm not, and I'm not a good social media guy at all and stuff, but that sale really, really brought a lot of customers to us for number one. And I tell you the thing that I think even did a better job for us was the Caden trial run that we did, Mm -hmm. um, actually involving the anglers, um, legitimately involving the anglers. I mean, I serial numbered every one of the rods, everything and the feedback I got and we, we, you know, just interaction with the anglers was a big deal and it was that was two things that really you know really give the company a good shot in the arm this year but the caden thing i think was even better than the sale
0: yeah that's one time like so i I thought about getting some and i was like well like i'll just get them when they come out right like and i'll let everybody else test them and like i figured like let more people get access to the special you were running that you know i can do what I need to do later. And then like when I started hearing what everybody said about him, I had serious FOMO and I was like, man, I wish I would have ordered a couple.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, the, the funny thing is, is I knew ahead of time, exactly which one would be the, the, the best movers for sure. And I told everybody the, uh, the seven thirty five CB will be the first one gone, you know, and I'm like a crankbait rod and it, uh, you know, it's a technique specific rod. I mean, you're not going to be able to use it for a ton of stuff. You're going to throw, you know, crankbaits on it for the most uh-huh. part. Um, and by far, number one seller was a 735 CB. And I mean, we, I could have moved tons of those, but I restricted everything to a hundred rods. Yeah. Um, but we do really well in technique specific rods, like our bait rods at uh, um, a number one rods, number one selling rod in the entire company is a 705 CB Fury. And you wouldn't think that a technique specific rod should be. Um, I just, I just think we're, I just think we built a little bit better ones, to be honest with you. We got good actions, good, true, mod-fast actions in our graphite rods. Mm-hmm. You know, the number three seller for 10 straight years in the company was the 805CB, the eight hundred five the Maccabee rod. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you shouldn't, that was the number three selling rod in the company for 10 straight years. And you would never think a technique-specific rod is, but the truth of it is, there's none. There's not another one out there like it. You know, it's it's yeah. a very unique rod.
0: There was a lot of guys with, their own rod deals that had an 805 in their boat for throwing these bugs.
1: <laughs> there, was one, there was one BASS Pro that almost got fired off a of pro staff for having an 805 CV rod in his boat. And I know those guys do because Bass fishermen are cheap. They, they you know they call me and tell me they're a BASS Pro and they want to deal on one. So yeah. I, know a lot. I know a lot of the guys that's got them.
0: Yeah. So Darren says, how about, and I think he says, how about cranking model in the Sierras? But I think when the Caden cranking models, that will come out and kind of fill that, price
1: point right you know it's kind of at the same exact price point as the sierras and and guys i mean i was really thinking about doing away with the sierra line when when i started working the cadence up literally about a year and seven or eight months ago and the sierras just didn't move really well for us Mm -hmm. for a long time um but then when they did move they, they took off and now i mean it's a top selling it's a top selling series for us and we sell tons of those things and but I'd already I was already into the Cadence, so then I've, right. I've kind of got myself in a dilemma. You know, that's my problem when I start playing with different materials and stuff. The big difference between the Sierras and the Cadence, the price point's going to be the same. It's going to have some different models, obviously. You know, like the seven thirty five CB and stuff like the seven the six ten jerk bait rod. But more so than that, it's going to have you know the Sierras for the most part are all slit handles, with the exception of the flipping sticks. These are going to be full handles. Um, that full handle swing is coming around. We've got a, we're getting a lot more guys coming back to the full handles, and you know, the a lot of the older guys, the guys with gray on their chin, you know, they're they like full handles. And I still I've always been a full handle guy. I can fish a split, but I prefer yeah I prefer full handles. And the canes are going to be full handles. The canes are going to be a little quicker. They're going to be a little faster action in the Sierras. Um, they're they're really going to be completely different rods. Are going to be the same price point, um, which I've been criticized by dealers already thinking, well, you know, you can't have two rods at the same price point, but they're different. I mean, they're a completely different build. And some guys love the Sierras because they're just a little bit slower. When I say a little slower, I mean maybe two inches. They're a little slower. The guys fishing smallmouth love them because there's more load in the rod, and it, it helps keep them jumping smallmouth pinned. Um but there's other guys. They want a super fast rod. They're going to be able to grow, grab the cadence. So they're they're completely different builds, completely. Um, but go. I started building the cadence because I was going to do away with the Sierras, and then I couldn't. I just can't do away with them.
0: So walleye guys, check out the Sierras.
1: That's what I just Well, heard. walleye guys love Sierras. I mean they they absolutely love the Sierras, and a lot of the smallmouth guys really like them. And truthfully, a lot of guys that are throwing uh, the swim baits on the seven thirty three, 734s, and even 735s, they're just a couple of inches slower. And, you know, they a little bit slower rod, not a lot slower. A little bit slower rod is going to cast better. Um, it'll make up for a few more mistakes if, you know, you got a fish pin and he's jumping and stuff like that too. So there's a place for them. But, you know, I'm a fast action guy. I mean, I like fast rods. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is interesting because uh, I guess that's – you say you like fast action rods but I would say in general dobbins do
1: have a good tip to them right at the same time so I do I think you need a good tip I mean uh it uh it just helps with the casting and stuff um but I mean I've got some really fast rods like the champ 735 and 36 are extremely fast rods the 744 champ jig rods are an extremely fast rod um but yet in the champion line of the biggest problems I've had with people not understanding the way we do the numbers and stuff is like the 733 and a 734 were originally built in a champion line to be more versatile rods so they're a little bit slower um, they're true mod they truth they're a true fast action but they're on the slower side of fast but yet if you grab the 35 or the 36 they're extra fast um, but I built the 34 originally for uh, my own personal super strip rod I mean that's there's so many things that changed over the company. I never expected the company to do what it did. I mean, it's exceeded my expectations literally 10,000 times over. Um, sure. It, uh, I mean, I started building rods more for Gary and and, uh, and buddies and stuff than, than, than anything. Um, so there's just, there's stories behind so many rods. The 763 was, was built for a Diamond Valley um, Carolina rig rod anglers marine was they needed a six pound test line carolina rig rod where they couldn't they wouldn't break them off down in diamond valley that's how the six the, the 763 come about a lot of requests out of that area so i made it there's just little stories behind a bunch of little rods that people will never you know will never know
0: yeah and i guess you guys are doing i mean dobbins has you know really grown but like maybe talk i don't think people realize you guys aren't a giant corporation by any means. It's a pretty (laughs) small operation down in Texas. Like how many people are in the shop down there?
1: I think 10, I think 10, nine or 10. And, um, you know, we're, I mean, we're never going to be a a giant, giant company, but it would surprise you how many rods we really do move. I mean, we, uh, and we build good stuff. Um, The company like i said it's exceeded my expectations ten thousand times over i mean i've had so many people approach me to try to buy the rod company and i've never even i've never even entertained a price because i mean i actually i love what i do um i really do i mean i love what i do i love playing with rods i love building stuff i like the interaction with fishermen um i mean i really like what i do so i've never i mean i've had so many people try to buy so many Bigger companies try to, as, as everyone knows, a lot of these companies are getting gobbled up by giants, and we've been approached many times. I mean, I was approached three times in one month this year, and just not. I'm just not interested in selling a company. I, said, I like what I do. I like playing with rods. Um, if I was to sell a company, I'd probably still be involved in it, but I'd have a boss telling me how to build them, and we'd start probably cheapening them up and stuff like that, and I would, I really wouldn't like that at all.
0: And you're not one to butt heads, so that wouldn't go well at all.
1: <laughs> I mean, you get along with. It, so. Uh, uh, nice. Uh,
0: so, you are you still involved with the Wild West Bass Trail at all, and the California
1: stuff? Or no, I uh, they. Uh, I'll tell you, the I was I wanted to start a trail out there so bad because you know all the trails out there were running about twenty boats, with the exception of an FLW, and they were running you know roughly a hundred. And I, I knew how to do it. I knew how to do it right. I swear I did. I mean, I knew what I knew what to do. I knew the rules to change. I knew the formats to change, but I couldn't get any of the, any of the organizers out there to buy into it. They obviously I was a dumb bass first, didn't know no better. So me and Matt and Angie Morgan started Wild West Bass Trail and I did it the way I wanted to. And I want to tell you, I didn't reinvent a dang thing. All I did is went back to the same thing that worked 25 years ago, exact same thing, didn't change anything. We went back to running, you know, seven fish limits in team tournaments where you put two guys in a boat. So you don't have one guy coming in with a big bag and everybody's going, oh, he fished by himself. Did he really catch these legit? You got two guys back in a boat. You know, we run, you know, uh, in the pro-ams, we did a, you know, non-shared weight, which is, run, you know, that's against the grain in the West. Right. You know, we put lie detector tests back in. We put off limits periods in, you know, we just did a lot of that stuff. And, It was all exactly what worked twenty-five years ago. And we started off the very first event we run. We had ninety-eight boats. I paid two extra spots to make it an even one hundred. And we've never had a tournament that small since then. And it just took off. And the guys loved it. But I gotta tell you, I it's I hated it. I mean, it was a success, (laughs) but I hated it. I mean, watching everybody else go fishing sucks. I'm gonna tell you, I mean, it really sucks you stand on the, you stand on the bank and blast them off and everybody goes fishing. You go up there and start setting up for weigh-in and, and all of that side. I, I just really, really didn't like running tournaments. Um, so, you know, we, and when I was going to Texas, there was just no way that I could, uh, I could continue to do well with it. took, it, it takes a lot of, a lot of time and people don't realize as a bass fish standing on the water, it looks easy. There's a heck <laughs> of a lot of work on the tournaments, a lot of work. If you're going to do it right, there is a lot, a lot of work for sure
0: so Kevin Stevens asked I don't know why just use a seven footer but he wants to know is there any chance of a or are you working on a 610 or a 611 light spinning rod for drop shots and nets
1: you know no I'm really not it um I I have got a few I've got a few requests for six tens um, and it's the guys that are trying to fish right off their graphs you know right you know the I mean, a lot of times, right directly below their boat. They're trying to catch fish off their meters and stuff. Um, we don't get enough requests for it. We've got a lot of 6.9s and 6.8s uh, in the Champ, 6.9s in the Sierra, and of course, we got seven footers in both. I've had some requests for 6.10, but not enough to get me on it yet. Sure.
0: Okay. Dan wants to know how did the XTC rods come about?
1: Well, it, um, I was always wanting to build a super high-end rod. I mean, I tried years for years. I mean, I've, I've built some, and I mean, some of the guys that's been around me a lot—they knew I built the the, uh, the Zeta rod, which was a the 3M material. When the 3M material, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> when the 3M material came out, you know, I was a fourth company. You had to you had to go through a licensing program to be able right. to be able to mm-hmm. use. So I was a fourth company to be able to get license to use the 3m product and just when we were getting ready to roll that out pure fishing bought the rights to 3m so i could only yeah. use it for a year i had a lot of material bought um which i had to use up and that's you know where those uh, those data came from and we just truthfully we had we just mostly sent it to staff and stuff like that i mean let the staff guys have them for you know just what it cost me in materials and stuff but but i always wanted to build a high end rod and uh, just never could make it really work. I was scared to death to build a five hundred dollar rod. I mean, I was scared to death. But if you're going to build the best, you got to put you got to put Fuji Torsa guides on it. And people don't realize how expensive those are. But if you just think about a single number twenty five stripper guide on a spinning rod, the very first guide is sixty bucks <laughs> retail. Sixty bucks. My cost is about half of that, so it cost me thirty bucks for one guide. And I put 4A grade cork on there, and which is absolutely outrageous. And I used Torres T1100 material, which is the, still the best material you can buy today. I put the best and everything I could in that rod. The only thing that I could do better is I could get into some of that fly rod cork they call flour and stuff like that. And I could get to a higher grade of cork, but it's not needed, especially in bass rods. But I still did not know if I could sell a $550 rod. So I ordered what I thought was a year supply and eight weeks later I was out and I had dealers with bite marks up and down back my backside. We sold, we sold what I thought was a year supply of rods in eight weeks. The ecstasies took off really, really well. Um, totally caught me by surprise. I didn't have stock for a long time. Um, but we do well with it and it's just, the Torzite guides is special the titanium frame Torzite, the Torzite inserts are really, really light. And it just, it really lightens and livens that rod. Up sure. It really does.
0: I would, I've, I've, I've withstood the temptation to order one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't, it's going to cost you because you're going to want up, the second I'm one. I'm afraid. Like,
0: and I feel like I have enough rods in here that I have to get rid of like some extremes or something. And I don't know which ones I want to part with them to do that. So, um, okay. So Dan says, what do you think the best square-bill rod you make is? I know you think you said that you said the 705 is the one you sell the most of, and that's definitely a good square-bill rod. But what do you think is the best square-bill rod you make?
1: You know, I mean, that's a tough question, honestly, because there's so many square-bills coming, so many stinking sizes nowadays. Um, we sell, obviously, the Fury 705 CB is definitely going to be right up there. Like I said, it's the number one selling rod in the company. Um, we sell a lot of the 735 CB glass. Um, for a square bill rod, we sell a lot of those too. And we sell a fair amount of seven hundred five CB glass. That seemed like the square bill guys. There's more of them using glass. A lot of them are burning those baits, and so they're really putting a hard load into that rod. And uh, so it's a little bit more forgiving when they do they get a strike. Um, but it's, I'll you know one guy I'll talk to will say the seven sixty four CB Champ is the best rod. I love that rod too myself. It's one of my personal favorites as well. But at uh, square bills. I'm not a glass guy. I'm really not, but I throw that 735 CB glass on them. It's, um, the two, the two, two hardest rods I ever made that drove me absolutely crazy was a 35 and 36 CB glass. And I needed a 36 because that's what everybody wanted a glass rod for chatterbaits. And, Uh You know, and truthfully, Evergreen was making one that was, you know, doing really, really well. And and uh, I'm not going to make any more comments about that because I don't really like that rod at all. Anybody that picks it up is going to know what's wrong with it instantly. But they sold a lot of them. And I needed a 736 glass. I mean, I'm getting dealers asking me. I'm getting fishermen. I'm getting 10 or 12 requests a day for it. And it literally took me a year to get that rod right. I just could not get that rod right where I wanted it. And I finally got it close, and I had made five versions of it. And I was gonna make. I was gonna pick one of those five, and I took it out and I. I tried one. It was junk. I tried the next one. I loved it. Tried the next one. Junk, junk. And then the next one I hit and I liked it. And there was about truthfully about three quarters of the power difference between the two, and I couldn't decide which one I liked better. So my son Richard said, "Heck, Dad, keep them both. Make a thirty-five and a thirty-six. You know, I mean, one's going to be lighter. Guys will use a lot of square bills on it. Some guys like a little light, like a little lighter uh, square bill rod and a uh, uh, square bill r- chatterbait rod." And so we did, and truthfully, we sell a pile of those things. Yeah, I mean, a pile of them. They they're both big, big movers for the company.
0: Yeah, a lot of people like that 735. They like braid, and they use the 736 for floral. So yeah,
1: yeah, they're 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 both great rods.
0: And I can see the glass for the square bills more because typically, not all the time, but square bills a lot of time you're you're grinding hard banks, hard cover, right, and. Mm-hmm. I think the reason I like the graphite crankbait rods is because I fish more grass and it's easier to feel when you got grass and snap it free. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. The snap on a free is such a big deal with the graphite. I mean, that's the thing that a lot of the anglers miss is like, you know, the glass is just too forgiving. And you, you haven't got that tip there that you can really load and snap it out of the grass. And you get so many strikes when you snap like a trap out of the grass. I mean, they just they just nail it.
0: Yeah, but that makes sense why the people down in Kentucky, right, on the ledges like class so much because they don't deal with that. So. Sure. Uh, so let's see here. JJ had a technical question. He said, Can you explain the difference between the champ 684C, 60104C, and the 704C tip action and power?
1: JJ, I'm <laughs> gonna kill you. You know <laughs> <laughs> the six the 610 was made of the dock skipping rod. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh and it's got a, it's a little bit more than a four power. I was actually going to call it a five and it, it come down to, I mean, I hate to say a marketing point, but four powers are always going to sell stronger than five powers. And I started thinking, well, you know, it's really a light five or a heavy four. So I went ahead and called it a four and it's six, to 10 dock skipping rod. That it was another requested rod I had for years and years and years. And I just, I finally built it. Um, it's pretty quick. Pretty quick action on it, but it's a it's a great skipping rod, and we do well with it. The uh, the eighty four is going to be a little slower. It's just it's just a little bit just a little bit slower, and the the four is actually pretty much on par with the six eighty four as well too. I mean, those actions are pretty much pretty much the same. It's just four inches longer in length, but the 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 six ten is definitely different. It's got it's got a little quicker tip, and it's a little stouter tip.
0: And I say, just get yourself a 705 for a Doxie Picard. So
1: that's what I say. JJ's got a love affair with a 734, I promise you. We got a boat full of
0: them. <laughs> we touched on this. Uh, the price point point, the cadence the same as here. So that's 189?
1: No, that's me. Like 169. It's, okay. it's like, yeah, 169 to 189. Uh, yeah. The longer ones, of course, being more. But most of them are hitting 169, 179. Ooh, man, we're falling behind on the, the uh, questions. Oof! <laughs>
0: uh, if you want to make sure your question gets answered, go ahead and use the super chat, guys. Uh, any plans of changing the ecstasy?
1: You talked about changing the extremes. You know, I mean that's a that's a really loaded question on the ecstasy because um, I've been playing with another new material, and it's. Pretty darn awesome, but the ecstasy we do so well with it. And that T1100 is a well well known material. Um, we're not having and we break one once in a while, of course, but we're not really having issues with it. Um, if I thought I could sell two $550 rods because that's exactly what that other one would cost, I could put another one out that would be it'd be pretty awesome. I've got them, I've tested them. I mean, sure. a, a few of my staffers have had their hands on them at a – I'm getting pushed. It's actually, truthfully, it's a lighter material than the ecstasy. And I'll tell you this about the ecstasy, guys. I will not tell you that it's the lightest $550 rod out there. I won't say that. I will tell you this though. I, it's a very light rod, but. You know, I put extra weight in the backs of those things. You know, to balance them out, I put extra material in the butt section. I also like that little decorative aluminum cap in the back of it that weighs, I don't know, five sixteenths of an ounce or something. Right. And I got a lot of I got a lot of bling on that rod, which I could have took off if I was straight up after weight. I could have made that rod probably five eighths to three quarter of an ounce lighter. But it's a very it's a stinking light as it is. But I think if you're paying $550 for a rod, the thing ought to look good too. And I just, I just had to put some bling onto it, but I could have knocked a lot of weight out of that. rod.
0: Sure. Yeah. And to me, there's, there's a difference between a rod that is light and that
1: fishes light. (laughs) You know, I tell you the big deal is balance and, and it's, it's, it's it's such a big deal and that's honestly that's really what got me into rods to start with is balance and i worked with a good buddy of mine who's who actually owns and runs williams custom rods Lynn williams is a lifelong buddy of mine he uh he was a kentucky transplant that came to and lived about 30 years in california and then he run off you know on back 2006 2007 but he's continued to build rods and me and lynn messed with rods forever he's He's the best custom rod builder I've ever been around. He's really, really, really anal. I mean, this guy, it's got to be, everything has got to be absolutely 110% perfect with him. Um, but messing around with rods in Lynn's garage, you know, we'd, we'd cut them down. You know, we didn't have our own blanks. We were buying blanks. But, you know, Lynn made a mold or we could get we could get weights. If we couldn't balance them the other way, we'd put weights in the back of them. We'd do whatever we took to balance them out because a balanced rod fishes so much better than a tip-heavy rod. Even if the tip-heavy rod is two ounces lighter, a balanced rod is going to fish more sensitive, and it's going to fish better in your hands.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just a reminder for for everybody watching on Facebook and YouTube, if you're enjoying what you're seeing with Gary, make sure you hit that thumbs up for me so we get more people to see the the stream here. Uh, Bill asks about bladed jigs. I don't think it makes sense for anybody to make a bladed jig until the patents are up. From Z Man, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, what's your favorite buzzbait, Rod? We've been talking about buzzbaits.
1: You know, it really depends on where I'm fishing. If I'm fishing more of a, an open water lake, like some of the California reservoirs or down in the desert lakes and stuff like that, most of the time I throw a seven thirty four. But if I'm fishing, you know, if I'm fishing Lake Fork or if I'm <laughs> fishing the Cal Delta, you know, where I'm gonna where I need to pull on them around heavy cover and stuff. Honestly, I throw a 765 flipper stick, a champion flipper stick. If I really, really need to, to move them, you know, that's the rod that I fish with a lot. The only trouble is, you, you know, you have to be careful. Some of, the, some of the buzz baits don't have the strongest hook in them. and I have opened some hooks up. Sure. Yeah,
0: I like the 735, personally, for my buzz baits.
1: Most people do. I just, I don't know. I just, it's one of those old habits. That I just got mm-hmm. in the habit of throwing that 765 with the, with the big, I throw a lot of big double wings and stuff, too. Sure.
0: Uh Eric Gaffron says, How does the seven eighty-four champion do with football jigs out
1: deep? HP. Um seven eighty-four. How about a seven six? So I think he's talking about seven eighty. Wasn't that the jig special rod? The yeah, that's a um that's a, in the extreme. It's an HP. Yeah. You know, it's uh it's decent. I tell you it works really good. It's it shines if you're using it as a drag rod. Like, you know, if you're doing a boat drag and you're fishing deep, like, you know, coming from the West, we did that a lot. I mean, we're dragging dragging one ounce, three quarter ounce, one ounce jigs in, in you know, 45 to 65 foot of water. We do that a lot. Um, or the guys, a lot of guys use it for a Carolina rig rod and it really, really shines. But as far as if you're using it for like you're fishing ledges on like, say, Kentucky Lake or something. Truthfully, the 744 is a better rod, I think, than the 784. Um, Carolina rig rod and a and a jig dragon rod seven eighty four is I mean it's bad to the bone is what it was made for but it doesn't fish it doesn't fish ledges or fish to you as well as like a seven forty four does yeah uh, so I think you said earlier the
0: Sobi rod should be end of the year beginning of next year
1: right they'll they'll be here this year it'll be yeah. it'll be late but it'll be yeah. here
0: and the panfish rods in the next month
1: or so the panfish pod? rod should be here this week um, okay. And fish rods should be here. It it give us, I mean, give us a you know a few days to get them unpacked and get them in a rack and stuff. But they'll they'll be here this week. They pushed my my dates back all week long. They guaranteed me Monday. Then it was Wednesday. Then it was Thursday. Now it's Friday. I mean, and they they've got one more day to get them to us this week. But I mean, they're in Dallas. They just got to get that container on a truck and get it to us.
0: Nice. So we're not, we're not to worry about it's being stuck on the, in, on the boat anymore. So
1: no, no, they're here. They're in Dallas. They've been in Dallas.
0: Yeah. So they're just, yeah, they're just, there's a, such a backlog that the, at these expediting companies, they just gotta, they gotta do all the paperwork. They gotta, you know, it's everybody else's containers got to get unlocked and inspected. And So um, that's what I do with my day work. I do packaging and supply chain. So um, I think Phil makes a good message or a good point here. And I w- we don't want to forget to thank, all the staff at the shop that makes this thing like work and makes Gary look good. So, uh, <laughs> they're, they're the good. yeah, so good point, Phil, we want to make sure we thank them, especially if they're watching or they see the replay that uh, we, we wouldn't be here without them.
1: Uh, and I, and I agree with that. Truthfully, you know, we, uh, you know, I think every company does that, but I mean, if the store employees, you know, if they want to rod, they should talk to our managers. We have VIP forms for that because, I mean, obviously the sales the sales team has they have a big influence on the buyers on the floor. So, you know, we offer you know we offer a special deal to the employees in the stores and stuff. And I, I think probably everybody does that. It, uh, but I definitely need help, you know, making me look good. There's no doubt, Phil. I absolutely need that help for sure. Yeah, a bunch of
0: comments just came flying in. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. So I love the 740, the DX 746. I'm, I agree with you, Sonny. Um, I think why we don't like glass, it's a little bit of personal preference. I think it's the, you either like the dead feel or you don't like the dead feel. Right. I think it's kind of a personal preference.
1: It is true. I mean, and, 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 you know, like that, like I talked about that 705 CBMF, the old traditional style glass rod that bends close to all the way back to the handle. I can't stand that rod. But we sell it, we sell enough of them to keep them. And I've discontinued it twice and brought it back twice, but I'm just not big on glass. I like to be able to really feel what that bait's doing down there. And if a gra- if a graphite rod is built, a true mod fast, it's going to perform just exactly, you know, as well as a glass rod does. You just have more feel. Um, for some reason, I do like throwing square bills on a glass, though.
0: Yeah. I know I heard Brian Thrift, obviously he doesn't fish Dobbins, but he was talking about glass versus graphite. And he said he really believes that if uh, if David Fritz would have thrown graphite rods, he would have caught even more fish back in the day. Like he's, he's like, he's not, I mean, and, and, and there's no doubt that Brian Thrift catches him. And he's, there's a lot of guys that are
1: anti-glass. So I really think it is personal preference. Um, it is. It is. And, and there's strong, strong views on both sides too. Uh, we just build both.
0: Yeah, so Lunkers has got a decent question. This is interesting. He said, have you ever thought about looking at labeling your powers like 0.5 or half? Or do you think that would work or it would confuse
1: people? Or what are your thoughts on that? You know, truthfully, I mean, it would be a good – it would be right. Because, I mean, I promise you I've got rods that that fall in a half and a half. (laughs) There's no doubt. But it just comes down to, like, you know, room on the rod to make it look good. Like, one of the reasons I never built a 610 – because I mean, I my, my number system was like seven hundred three, seven hundred four, and I'm going to build a six ten. Like, how the heck am I going to number that? So I did it six ten -4 four, just because it just like six ten just felt weird. Like, you know, some of the companies that build a seven foot ten flipping stick, and I've never I've never really figured that one out either. I just truthfully, I just simply don't like the numbering system, adding that extra number on there. But he is right. There's a lot of my rods that fall on a half power. There's absolutely no you know, there's no doubt about that. Sure. So Dan says, what's the
0: thought on the serial numbers? Is there serial numbers besides the cadence or was that the only one that were serial?
1: I serial number all the ecstasies okay. and I serial, and I serial number to test cadence. The new, the regular cadence coming out will not be serial numbered. Um, we just wanted to have a really good tracking system on the early cadence, um, you know, to find <laughs> out you know where they went and, and the feedback and stuff we got from them, from the guys. But uh, the only one we're really serial numbered is, is the ecstasy yeah I' tell you truthfully I love the serial number thing but just from a management standpoint it sucks because I mean you know you start pulling a big order Roger, you got to start logging serial numbers down for every one of them it takes sure. a lot of time I and mean, it's, it's really a pain in the neck. Um, if I was I'd probably have a mass mutiny at the shop if we started serial number cadence and Sierras and Champions. it uh it, it really is it really is a difficult process
0: yeah I think it makes sense for the high end ones right like that gives it yeah. a lecture or something. So Nick, I think, is asking this in good fun, but I think that there's some history, and I think it's worth talking about because it, it is what it is. He's asking about the the Mike Long rods, and obviously, <laughs> you no longer make or I mean, you no longer have a signature Mike Long rod, but uh, maybe just give the the history on that. Uh.
1: Well, I, you know, I worked with Mike year, many many years ago. Um, we. Uh, we had a, a difference of opinion after an after a tournament that he competed in. Um, I'm going to see how the heck we're just because I don't even want to get into this deal. But we had a difference of opinion on um, following through with after the event. Um, he didn't want to follow through with some of the things that was required of him. Uh-huh. And we, we had a difference of opinion and we just, he, he decided to leave Dobbins. Um, I'm glad he did. I mean, I'm gonna lie. I mean, I'm glad he yeah. did. I mean, I, I like Mike. He, uh, he, uh, I tell you, Mike was a heck of a fisherman. There's no doubt about it, but you know, then all the negative stuff come out and I was so glad to be distanced from him. And I mean, I'm still to this day. And, uh, I was, I couldn't have been more shocked. I was the most shocked person in the world when all that's come out at, um, huh completely shocked i just and i was thankful that mike had, had left me
0: yeah but you can still get a 795 bait rod and they still sell and it's still a great rod
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and, and you know truthfully mike had a lot of influence on those rods on the 795 and that long handled 806 which i that's another rod i absolutely hate i got too big a belly for an 18 inch handle rod yeah. but it uh but you know we still sell them i mean it's 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 um I mean, I made the actions and I made the rod. I just, you know, made them and he had to okay them back in those days. I mean, I do that with all my guys. If I do a signature series rod with somebody, I mean, I build them and then I let them, you know, play with them and okay them and tweak them a little bit here and there. But but I pretty much build the rods.
0: Yeah, it's
1: awesome. So, yeah, Liam, we touched on this earlier. The Soby Rod should be here before
0: the end of the year. So if you uh – you put it on your Christmas list, and you're a good boy. Maybe you'll have one under the Christmas tree.
1: Truthfully, guys, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to bring some of those in. You know, I kind of feel like I owe it to Soby and, and Mike. It's just take it just took it's taken so long. You know, I'll tell you. I mean, if I can if I can get on an airplane and go over there, I can knock a series of rods out pretty darn fast. When you're when you're working with the factory and and. Um, You know, things, I mean, when you go there, I mean, you're working with the factory, I mean, we just, you know, I make a change and the next day I got another rod and stuff like that. And this stupid COVID thing has locked me down where I can't, I can't put hands on. So Uh it just takes forever. I mean, you know, critiquing them through emails is not the same as like saying, I need that rod to bend right here, not right here. I want, you know... Right. It's just different, and it's so. And trying to just do samples back and forth—I mean, that's truthfully why we're out of almost all of our DX rods right now, our extremes, because it's took. I mean, I've been doing that for like five months, and I just reject, 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 reject. At a, I mean, I know the factory gets frustrated with me, but it just sucks. If I could just get on an airplane and go with her, knock them out, it'd be nothing. But trying to do it through emails and. It's just really, really difficult. And so Soby and, and Buka have been really good about it. And I'm going to, I'm trying to airship some of them in early.
0: Nice. Yeah. And the thing is like, even when you do get the design right, everything just takes longer now. Like <clears throat> components are short. and Like they can't get the pieces in and then it takes longer to ship to you. And it's just like, it's a, it's a, it's a snowball effect
1: that everything just takes <laughs> it is <laughs> Fuji is Fuji is so far behind. It's unbelievable. And, uh, they, I mean, they're so far behind, especially on real seats. Um, you just can't get them, you know. So yeah. everything's just taking longer.
0: Yeah, it only takes to be short on one component, and you can't get that rod out the door.
1: <laughs> no, you're done. You, most parts, you can't even assemble. I
0: mean, you, you're, you're done. You're just done waiting. It's all especially waiting. the rod seat, right? Like you, you can't do anything until. I mean, you barely. Yeah. Uh, Doug wants to know what, what would you throw a weightless
1: fluke guy. Oh, well, most of the time, seven thirty-three. Um, yeah. I mean, most of the time, sometimes a 734, um, just they cast good and and um, they got the right action and a weightless fluke. I mean, I, I say the 33 and the 34 because again, those are just a hair slower rods and uh, they'll load and they'll just cast that bait better.
0: Yeah, I was thinking 703 was the first rod that popped into my head, so. <clears throat> So I don't know how much fishing you've done in Texas, but what's your favorite lake? Or what would you say your home lake in Texas is now? I know you're not fishing a lot now, but.
1: Yeah, my my home lake's Fork. I mean, I'm 25, 25 minutes from Lake Fork. And I fished Fork quite a bit before I moved here. Um, haven't fished it as much since I've been here. But uh, it's definitely my local lake. But, you know, they, there's there's no shortage of water in Texas. It's freaking amazing. And there's so many for every lake that you've heard of, some big lake, some big reservoir that you've heard of, there's 15 around it that you haven't heard of. I mean, Texas has just got water everywhere. And there are some really good little sleepers around, really good little sleepers and, and a lot of big fish.
0: Yeah. So Dennis has asked about a sale. I say, and I think we covered this earlier, but like check your dealers. That's where the sales will be this Christmas. So
1: There's going to be, I already know of a couple coming. So just keep your eyes, eyes glued. There's going to be some pretty, Deep sales around uh, around Christmas, guys. You just watch. Yeah. I promise you.
0: Yeah, Chris thinks that I need a better looking Dobbins hat to make my head look better. He says.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm with that.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll send um, you some. <laughs> nice. So Landon says best Dobbins for Ned drop shot wacky finesse. I'll, I'll I like the 702 and the 742. I mean those I mean, whatever price point you can afford, whether it's uh, a Sierra or a Champion or a fear I mean, I think you can't go wrong with any of the two, you know, you figure out what price point and what length, I think the seven oh two is the way to go or the two power spinning rods.
1: We sell we sell tons of twos and tons of threes. That I always say a three power if you're gonna do a shaky head. You know, if you're gonna be rigging something Texas rig, I think you need a little bit more a little bit more power in that tip. So if a guy says shaky head in there, I'll I'll always up it and say a three power. But other than that a two will handle everything there. And a two is a better drop shot rod too.
0: Yeah, especially a braid
1: of that two power, I think, is um
0: and I I say the same, I say the same about a shaky head, and I think we fish what we call a jigworm up here in Minnesota a lot where we're throwing that exposed it's basically a jit, a shaky head, but it's an exposed hook, right? We fish it exposed and we throw it into the grass and we let it get hung up and then we snap it free. And so that three power helps you get that, you know, get out of that coon jail, get out of that mill foil, and you get that, you know, it's kinda like ripping the trap, right? You want that little extra backbone to, to rip it free. So
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. You might even think of a four power, truthfully. Yeah. Chris,
0: and I've seen this on the the forums before and in the, in the, in the, uh, any chance for a
1: a travel rod or a multi-piece rod? You know, it, um, I've been asked, that is something I have been asked for a lot and I just, I just haven't done it. It, uh, you know, I'm kind of branching out. I mean, this whole trout panfish thing is, is a big deal and I'm, and I've got dealers asking for travel rods. So, I mean, that's, I have to do a little bit of research. I mean, I build stuff that I know. I mean, that's the reason I get—I get asked a ton about inshore rods. I mean, a lot of our rods will be used inshore. A lot of guys are using them. I mean, we get pictures of sharks and redfish and everything else. But truthfully, guys, I don't inshore fish, and I've just pretty much stuck to build. I know bass really well, and so I pretty much build bass rods. Um, the crappie, trout, panfish thing—I mean, that's—I've done a lot of—I've done a lot of trout fishing in my life. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are easy. Um, travel rods, I'm going to say that most of them are, are probably um, you know, uh, uh, a very versatile rod, basically. I mean, you're not going to need a whole lot of different powers and stuff. You're going to probably use a lot of three powers, which is if you're using a casting rod. Um, I mean, it's doable. I Honestly, I probably should. I, I have got a lot. I can't say it. I've got a lot of requests for travel rods. Yeah.
0: I know I had to break down and buy some cheap Bass Pro one for some of my travel and work having a little pond rod for hotel ponds. Uh, but uh, so Nick asked an interesting question and I, and I, I hear this come up any consideration to that open style hook hanger versus the closed loop. And what is the logic and
1: uh, on that? I tell you it, uh, hook keepers. I mean, I've got a good buddy Jeff Hoot that's made more fun of me over me drawing hook keepers on, on a napkin in a, you know, in a bar, drawing hook keepers on napkins one day he was laughing his butt off at me, but I don't like the open style. I understand them completely. I don't like the fact that if your line gets caught behind that, it breaks off. It's a break off. And that's my biggest deal with the open, with the open hook keepers. And on the flipping sticks, I put a full handle. So I just, I can't put it back. If you notice on my spinning rod, the hook keepers in in a split on the, on the spinning rods. And it's got an open, you know, for a drop shot weight. And and it works very well, but it's behind the reel, so it's never gonna it's never gonna catch your line. And uh, and if you notice, I put all my hook keepers like on a forty five, like I'd Say what would be on a clock face would be like ten thirty. It because a lot of the companies will put them at nine o'clock, where well, your line will get hung up underneath that. And I mean, it drives me crazy whenever I have a hook like that. The first thing I do is I just bend it up, where my line can't get caught behind it. But I'm just I'm probably I probably overthink it. But I know flipping is a big deal. The guys don't want to unpin their baits. They want to just, you know, take a big punch weight and slip it over that ring. And but I just am really yeah. worried about the fact that it's it's caught. Um that it gets caught. If your line's in, if that hook keeper's in front of that reel, your line can get caught in it and snap it. And uh and that little hook keeper that that uh i put on the spinning rods i made that that's a custom hook keeper now sure. a company a company knocked it off and stole it all right i mean they did and now i buy them from that company i can buy them from that company cheaper than i was having them custom made but i have all the cab drawings and everything when i where i made that thing to start with yeah. um but now anyone can buy it and like i said i buy it from that company myself because i get them cheaper than when i was making them
0: yeah so what you're saying is like Yep. Your hook creepers are always off the side. Yep. They're always angled, so the line They're will always. On it. And then a couple tips. If you really want that open style, Fuji makes an aftermarket one with rubber bands you could put on there that's plastic. So unlikely that it would cut your line. But if you just – like what I do with my flipping weights isn't a flipping weight, but I just tuck it in between the star and the, and the drag and tighten it up, and I, they stay right there. So that's another option for people that want to hook their flipping weight is just hook it right in there. So there's, there's
1: I will point. tell you I have got a lot of requests for that on flipping I yeah. mean I really have. And um I've just fought it. I've just fought it the whole time because I'm just you know, I've snapped a few fish off with with hook with mm-hmm. hook keeper right. in the front and I'm just really worried about that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you do it once and then you, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> you can't shake that. Right. Uh Darren said, uh can you explain the sensitivity or the difference between the cadens and the champs?
1: Well, uh, truthfully, the champs have got better materials in them. Um, uh, If if a rod is really, really well balanced, and those are, um, they're both going to be really sensitive. I mean, I think the champ, if you – we actually built a scale in Korea. We built a scale there to test sensitivity, and it would actually surprise you. We built a scale because we – Actually, we had a heck of a debate going about whether micro guides were more sensitive than regular guides, and that's what started it. We actually built a machine to test sensitivity. And by the way, micro guides are not more sensitive than regular guides. That um, there is going to be the difference. champion is going to be more sensitive. It's just got better materials, and it's just you know that's just what it is. It's just got, it's just a better material rod. I'll tell you, the champion, the champion's getting old though. I mean, that rod now is like sixteen years old. And the champion is the backbone of the company. And I've honestly, I started with a really good material and I've never changed it. And a lot of the other lines have got upgrades and the champion mm-hmm. never has. And I'm starting to toy with the, toy with the idea of, of giving the champ uh, an upgrade. I really am. I'm mean, starting, to, starting to play around with that because I don't want to build the same stuff over and over. As new materials come out, you gotta, you got to build better stuff. So it, champion's getting getting really close to getting upgrade, but as far as sensitivity, I mean, the champ's gonna the champ's gonna beat me, baby. So Sycamore outdoors
0: asks for comparison. What would you say is comparative to the Falcon Lowrider and the Dobbin's lineup?
1: You know, truthfully, I'm tell you honestly, guys, I don't know what a Falcon Lowrider is. I'm like no, I'm like the world. I'm the world's worst about paying attention to what my competition does. I swear, I just I just don't do it. Um, yeah. I just, I just don't have any knowledge. I mean, I feel really bad. Like sometimes, you know, I'll walk into a store and I see a rod. I'd like to pick it up, but I think, gosh, if somebody sees me pick that thing up, or, oh yeah, Dobbins is copying this. And you know, <laughs> I just, I just don't pay attention. Truthfully, I really, really don't. Yeah. So, what, what would you say is the most popular rod for a rigs in the, in the Dobbins lineup? You know, it depends on how heavy an A-Rig. If you're throwing a light, like, you know, in the West, they throw a lot of five wires, but they can only throw three hooks. In Arizona, you can only throw two hooks. So they throw a lot of lighter, you know, lighter wires and stuff. And a lot of the guys are throwing an 806 CB. Um, I know my son throws an 806 CB. I've caught a ton of fish on an 806 CB myself. But if you're going to go into the heavier stuff, we have a lot of guys that's throwing the 794 SV, which is a, a lighter swim bait rod that is absolutely phenomenal A-Rig rod. It's probably probably our best 10XD rod, even though I made the 806 as a 10XD rod, and it's awesome. But I think the 794 is even better. It's a little shorter, but that whole swim bait action is, is a little bit better. Um, so, 794 SB, a lot of guys are throwing a 795 SB. Um, and if you're throwing the lighter stuff, an 806 CB is probably the most popular. Yeah. So Bill says he's really excited
0: for the zero power finesse rods. Uh, he said he hoping to get it. He was looking for a 701 for three years now. And he wants to know, are, they, are you going to post it on the Facebook page when they're available?
1: I will. Um, those things are, uh, they've been a little bit of a nightmare. The diameter is really, really small on them. And uh, I'll tell you, I put a solid carbon tip in them because the diameter is, again, it's so small. And when you put a solid carbon light tip in it like that, I had to add a pile of guides. I hate line slap on blanks. So I went from like, started off with like nine and 10 guides on them. And now I'm up to like 15. It uh, it's They are going to be the micros, of course, on that small diameter. Um, but dude, I mean, that when that whole thing come about, when I was making those light action rods and they come out with this, and I can't even remember the, the name, BFS or something. The guy says, well, you need to make it. And I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> I, mean, I, I did not know what it was and so i got an education quick and i talked to some guys that's really into it and realized that there is a big group of guys that are in that ultra light ultra light i call it ultra light you know fishing that really finesse style for bass is there is in that extreme thing with the swim bait guys and these guys are really really into it and so after talking to them and they were they were so they were so energetic they were so excited i mean like this is just how they want to fish. And it makes it so fun to catch, you know, a pound and a quarter fish on a little light rod like that. It's just a kick, and and I just I got caught up in it and decided I was going to make a couple of them. And I made a seven footer and a seven four. And I'm getting a lot of requests. The guys are wanting the shorter rods. And I'm, and truthfully, I'm a long rod guy. But after playing with the seven footers and the seven fours, I see why these guys are liking a little shorter rods. And I probably will come back with a six nine fairly quickly um, if these things do well at all. I will I will drop down. A lot of requests for a shorter one. in this you know, this ultimate finesse casting is what I'm calling it. You said there's a
0: special tip. Is that because it gets so small that you need a, a high it's, like to keep it from snapping off so
1: easy? Or yeah, it's the diameter is so thin. I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's like smaller than pencil lead. I mean, it's small, really super small diameter on the tip. And that solid carbon tip really livens it up. You just cannot think and believe how sensitive these things are. I mean, when I was testing them at Shasta in January, I've been playing with them that long, and I was catching fish on a a little 2.8 Kytec with an eighth ounce dart head stuck in it. And, I mean, I was catching these fish at 45 and 50 feet, and, I mean, it was incredible. They could not even touch that thing without me knowing instantly. I was completely blown away. But, you know, you get into that super, super light stuff like that, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. It it is fun. I gotta tell you, it is fun. Sounds like it might make a sweet hair jig rod. I'm sure it would. And uh truthfully I've loaned them out several, some samples out several guys crappie fishing with them. And I didn't that's another thing that's kinda caught me by surprise is there's a fair amount of guys that want to use a casting rod for crappie. Um so that, that one caught me by a little surprise too. Did you use that that carbon tip on any of the other rods, like any of the spinning <laughs> rods or anything or The only thing I'm doing it is this trout panfish series has got a solid carbon tip and the uh, ultimate casting has a solid carbon tip. Other than that, you know, I can build a tubular on everything else, but on those, we just honestly wouldn't break them things like nothing if it Uh didn't have a solid carbon tip. And then it's pretty funny because you can bend them, solid carbon tips are pretty, pretty radical. And uh, I freak guys out when I grab them and start bending them. Oh, I'll break one one of these days, but so far I haven't.
0: So Sean has a, a rod building question. He says, do you use pre-pregs or do you roll your own blanks?
1: Oh, I have everything rolled. Every I build up every single blank. I don't I don't yeah. use I don't use anybody else's. Um, everything, everything is mine.
0: Let's see here. Whoa. This thing. Okay. Make <laughs> uh, so I'm heavy Casting rod for heavy glide baits
1: you know that's uh that's where the the uh SBMTs come in i mean the heavy glide baits you know you got to have a stout rod to throw them of course but but the glide baits that that you know a 13 inch 12 13 14 15 inch handle it's just in a way it doesn't it doesn't let you work the bait as well so i built a 795 and we had really good luck with it we got a lot of requests for a six so i built the 796 i mean currently i think i'm out of that one actually we saw we saw quite a few of them at uh for the guys throwing the glide bait, it's so just easier to work a ten-inch handle on a glide oh. bait than it is a longer handle. And we and SBMT swim bait mag top water. That's what that stands for. Yeah, cool.
0: So, any general maintenance rod tip, like rod maintenance tips, like what if people want to take care of their rods? What what do you suggest?
1: Gosh, I'm like the world's worst on that kind of stuff. I mean, I just use them and use them and use them. I don't, you know, maintenance. I don't do anything, truthfully. I don't. I mean, I uh, I try to put them in a sock once in a while if I'm putting a bunch of rods in a, in a locker. But other than that, truthfully, guys, I don't do anything. I know some of the guys are really good about, you know, taking Q-tips to their eyes and, and uh, you know, and wiping the cork down. And a lot of the guys are really into this U40 sealant on cork. And, and it really does work well. And, and listen, cork qualities went downhill. Everybody knows that. And if you will put a good suitor cork on there, it helps keep some of the filler and stuff in every company's battling that. You know, I used high density cork for years, about 10 years. And I finally went away from it because the quality just kept getting worse, but high density cork was 30% heavier and it was in the right spot. It put 30% more heavy on the cork down on the butt section rod helped me balance rods out. Um, but I finally had to get away from it because the quality was just terrible. And, um, so U40 on, on that is a good deal. But other than that, I don't do maintenance on rods.
0: Yeah. I, I You know, if they get really grimy, <laughs> I'm more concerned about cleaning my reels than my rods, mm-hmm. I guess. But I would say for me, I would say just when you put them in your rod locker and you're traveling, try to put them in a rod sleeve. You know, use a rod glove or something like that. That's the biggest thing that's going to protect your eyes and uh, prevent you from getting weird stress fractures in your rods that end up looking like breaks down the road because it's something you did. Um, so. Yeah. I would say the other thing is avoid putting heavy weights on your like. Don't put a three quarter ounce weight on your rod and then hook it next to the eye and let that three quarter ounce weight hit your blank all day, right?
1: Like, <laughs> agreed, agreed. That's a big deal. And I tell you, the other big deal is like you see a boat going down the road with a spinnerbait reeled all the way to the tip, the eye, and <laughs> yep. it, and it's going down there and change. that's horrible. That's horrible on the and that's how you lose tips, tip inserts, and stuff like that is. Don't ever have a bait hanging on the end of the rod. I mean, always, you know, hook it on the reel of the hook keeper.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, let's see here. I might have a question or two in my uh, my inbox here. But uh, been tons of great questions. Love it, guys. We've been pretty close to, like, uh, uh, record numbers on the live tonight. So that's awesome. Um, so appreciate that, everybody that tuned in. I was <laughs> big draw. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I know we kind of hit a little bit of a long question. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about,
1: Gary, that you wanted to bring up? You know, not really. I just, uh, you know, I mean, I, as a, as a, you know, a factory labor worker, I mean, I built, I built cable for, uh, you know, high voltage cable. I just worked in a factory and stuff and I fished and, and, you know, I just had such a great life. I mean, I grew up, I mean, all my roots from Oklahoma. And we grew up as I, you know, as an Okie fisherman. we fished, But the one good thing, when I started fishing tournaments, we started turning fishing loose because before that, when they bit my rod, they went to the frying pan every time. Um, but I've been really blessed with my life. I mean, just fishing is everything to me. I mean, it's my whole life. But even kept me, you know, I keep I. The saying that used to go with a long, long time ago was get hooked on drugs, get hooked on fishing and not on drugs. And that's one of that's one way. But but I got to tell you where I grew up, there wasn't a more true statement because, you know, it was a really bad neighborhood with a lot of dope, a lot of drugs. And, you know, I and I mowed I mowed all of the, uh, the lawns for the churches in town and I'd get between one or two dollars for, for each every time I'd mow one of the church lawns. And I mean, all my money always went for lures. I mean, I couldn't, we called them plugs back in the days, you know, but I couldn't wait to, you know, go down and buy a new plug. And, and it really kept me, fishing kept me out of trouble. And I've always, I always liked that saying, you know, get hooked on fishing and not on drugs. And that's kind of went away. But back in my days, that was a big, a big saying. And it couldn't be more true in my case. You know, fishing is everything to me.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Except for donuts, right?
1: Trey wants to know your favorite donut thing. I mean, them, the guys on tackle tour burn me big with that. I mean, it's, uh, I don't even know how that got started, honestly, It uh but I go right along with it. I mean, they, we get a show or something. I'll pass a big, donut. I'll take all, i take a photo off of a big donut in my hand. I'll move. You know, I, uh, for a guy that used to try to gain weight, I have no problem gaining weight now at, um, I was a real lean, like 175, 180 pounds forever. And, uh, now I'm, now I'm a nice, even 300. So, and, um, but I mean, I used to try to gain weight So this donut thing. The guys have known me for a long time. They lay heavy on the donuts and Hey, I do like donuts by the way. It's
0: a Running joke in the staff forums for sure. Um, yeah. Thanks Jeremy for the super chat. That's awesome. Super appreciated. Um, One of the questions on the, uh, was, I know you're very passionate about rip baits or what they're called rip baits on the West coast. A lot of us call them jerk baits in the rest of the country. What are your philosophy? What's your favorite jerk bait rod?
1: Same jerk bait rod, 704 CB. Um, I love it. I throw a lot of Stacy nineties, uh, um, you know, vision one tens. Those are probably my two favorite, my two favors, but you know, the, uh, there's just, there's, there's a fair amount of good jerk baits out now, but, Back in the day, truthfully, that's what, I mean, I was known as a jerkbait fisherman forever ago, and there's there's a lot of guys that even think I invented the technique because I had such great success on it, but that's not true. I mean, I remember reading about a guy named Jimmy Chris down on Lake Mead, you know, ripping it. He'd make big, long sweeps with, us, with the spinning rod, and, and I started playing with it, and it was unbelievable. I mean, you catch fish. It, it was the best technique in the world, and them fish hadn't seen it, and it was crazy. I mean, you just... You could go right behind somebody. If they caught one, you'd catch 30. It was it was dumb. I was a totally one-dimensional fisherman. Huh. But I got to win a lot of tournaments and have success on it early on. And it was just, it was amazing. And the only two baits I threw back then was a half-ounce gold rogue, we call a clown rogue, and a long ace fallen chrome. Because you wanted all the flash you could get. You could pull those fish forever away. and And, you know, I didn't have any money. I just, you know, I grew up, I didn't have any money, and I'd order my, I'd order a dozen Smithwick ropes from Jack Smithwick back before Pradco had them and stuff, and and I would glue the bills in myself, because I could glue them in a little straighter and stuff, and then I would tune them with the file one time, put on my tackle locks and be done, but one day Jack sent me, I, I ordered a, I ordered a, I ordered 10, I think, and he sent me like 15 or 18 and no bill. And I mean, it's crazy for a guy traveling clear across the country. I mean, he'd send them to me with a bill in the box. I mean, he completely trusted me and we did it that way forever. But one day I got a box. I, I had 18 in it. I'd ordered 12. I had 18 in it, and there was no bill. And so I called Jack up. I said, Jack, you, you made a mistake, you got my order messed up with somebody else's, you know? He goes, What's the matter? I said, Well, I ordered a dozen, as like, I always do. You sent me 18, and there's no there's no bill in the box. And he goes, Nope, there's no bill in the box. He goes, kid, you've helped me sell more baits. I sell more baits now That rip bait. I mean, I said, Jack, you got it all wrong. I don't tell nobody about that bait. I mean, I ain't telling anybody about that bait. He said, yeah, but you're having such success. Everything back in those days was straight up draw, draw tournaments. And right. he goes, your partners are talking and, we're, and I've never sold so many baits. And so that was kind of my first quote, quote sponsor. I mean, Jack sent me any rogues I needed and and, uh, and I really was a one dimensional fisherman, you know, throwing a rip bait. Just gosh, the fish just hadn't seen it and they were so dumb to that technique. They were so easy to catch. And, um, uh, it really, honestly, it's what made me a tournament fisherman. You have success like that to start with. And I'm not say I started with it. I mean, it took me a few years. I run around like an idiot on the lake for a couple of years before I calmed down and started fishing, but, but, uh, still a jerk bait was, it still is today a huge part of my fishing. Yeah. Not awesome. like it used to be.
0: Well, I think well, that's probably why your shoulder is so bad now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think that's the big difference. I think that why they call them rip baits in California, right? Is because yeah. of the, like, you guys were like basically horizontal hooks, almost like for the people the way they snap or stroke jigs on ledges. Yeah. But yeah. you're for horizontal ripping the jerk bait. It looks like you're like saying right. that.
1: But we don't do it that way now, but that's how it started. And we all started with spinning rods. And then, gosh, it's been forever ago. I'm talking, you know, and, the – in the mid to latter eighties, you know, we started throwing casting rods and doing, you know, a true jerk, true jerk bait instead of doing that long, long rip with a spinning rod. And spinning rods are such a pain in the neck with with a jerk bait because you get slack on the line and the, wire, the line spits off the spools. It's just just a nightmare. Where the casting rod just makes it so easy. And yeah. But that's that is you're right. That is why it's called ripping on the West Coast. That's where it started down in the desert lakes. The guy like he called it Crispin, that's what it was originally called Crispin, Jimmy Crisp.
0: Yeah. And like, don't sleep on Gary, like, he's got a little experience. I mean, back in the day, he did all right for himself. He won himself a few boats on the West Coast. So um, th- there's a little bit of knowledge that goes mm-hmm. into the drive that he bought, he builds. So,
1: um, well, we used to have, you know, we had, we got to fish for a lot of boats. I mean, times. Yeah. Times times were really good. I mean, I have to. I had. To, I hit a really good time, you know. With with fishing, we fished with a lot of boats. And I mean, I. I mean, truthfully, I mean, guys, I hate route numbers, but I mean, I've won forty fully rigged bass boats in competition, and thirty eight rangers, one champion, and one nitro. John Murray, who's from the West Coast, I believe John's won thirty seven boats. Um, you know, Dave Levy won a pile of boats. I mean, there was. You know what? We fished for a lot of boats. I mean, it was just a different. I mean, first place was a boat. And heck, in the, in, back in the day, BASS and our Opens, first, second, and third all won a ranger bass boat. And, uh, so we won, we, you know, we got, to, we got to fish for a lot of boats, and it was always special to win a boat, though.
0: Always yeah, that's special.
1: awesome.
0: That's still on my bucket list, for sure. Uh, so, and Sean asked a question, Gary, have you ever thought about using carbon fiber in the handles? It's just a different field than the cork. So, what are your thoughts on the carbon fiber? I've
1: played, I've played with them. There's some, there's actually some good ones out there, and I've played with them. And you know, Lynn Williams, my my rod building buddy, I was talking about. He kind of keeps me up on all that kind of stuff because Lynn's gonna something new comes out, he's gonna build it and stuff too. Um, I haven't really thought of, of an advantage of the carbon. Truthfully, I mean, I I like cork, and the company's just kind of like that old school mold cork um uh-huh. and and we're you know a lot like you know eva is a lot cheaper i mean it's that's right. the reason i put it on the i put it on the colts you know i mean it's a price point deal because i've got mitsubishi materials in that blank you know i've got japanese materials in the blank you can't if you don't have a good blank you're gonna build a good rod period and uh so i put eva on but eva's cheap you know cork's expensive as heck and and that's the reason so many companies use eva they it's it's cheap and but i just don't like the way it feels and I put it on swim bait rods because the swim bait rods, you know, it's a, I mean, heck, when they hit a swim bait, they dang near take the rod out of your hand anyway. It uh, and it's, it's everybody seems to like it. I mean, that's what it, the early on request was was no cork. They wanted they wanted EVA, but that's the only thing that really. I put an EVA butt cap on the Fury, okay, but the handle where you hole is is cork. Um, we're just kind of a company that's just known for using cork.
0: And the EVA is the, the, the black foam for the people who don't yeah, know. Yeah. It
1: used to be called Hypalon back in the days, but it, that was a softer foam material now. And Hypalon's completely gone. I mean, it's now, and I have a, still have a bad habit of saying Hypalon once in a while, and it's not, it is EVA. Yeah.
0: So Bart here, uh, I think he's, I don't know if he's asking me or you, uh, this hair jig recommendation for smallies like we do. We swim those little tiny hair jigs up here on Mille Lacs and stuff. And uh, I, to me, I, I, I have used my 701 Sierra, I've used my 742 uh, Extreme. I think if I really was – I haven't done a t- – I think a 762 in my book would probably be the best hair jig rod. Uh, but it's not my jam. I wish I could get on that bite more often. But I don't know. What do, you get, what do you hear from people that fish up here a lot? What do you hear that they use for that hair jig for some Oh,
1: well, I mean, truthfully, the 62 is talked about a lot, and the 92 is as well. Um, the guys are liking the length of the 92. Um, we, we sell a fair amount of guys throwing hair jigs on a, on a 792. Um, you can, truthfully, you can do it with probably about any one or two power spinning rod we make. They've all got a good tip on them, but yeah. 62 is a darn popular and 92 is really popular as well. Yeah.
0: that 792 doesn't fit very well in my
1: 19
0: foot boat right now. <laughs> uh, Colin, interesting question. Uh, what do you think is better for a big fish early morning or late evening?
1: Um, I think early morning at uh, early, early morning before the boats get running around before the traffic. I mean, truthfully, these, these big fish, I mean, they've seen, a, they're smart. I mean, they've seen a lot. I mean, trolling motors and, you know, the noise and the guys beating on boats. And I just think that, uh, you know, if you fish farther away from your boat, I mean, you're going to catch, you're going to have a shot at better fish. You're going to, quieter entry going to, you know, you're going to increase your odds. I mean, these, the catch and release technique is is so awesome, but it also educates a lot of stinking fish, too. Um, it's just, I'm telling you, dude, a new technique comes out and fish, like an A-rig. I mean, I never caught so many, you know, five-pound spotted bass on Lake Warville, which, you know, you never even thought there was one in there. And, I mean, I caught like six of them in three months, over five pounds. And I'd only caught, I think, two over five pounds in like 15 or 20 years before that. New techniques come out that they haven't seen, they're not accustomed to, and you'll catch them. and. But fish are just smarter. So I would say early, early morning. And truthfully, a lot of them get a lot of bigger fish get caught at night. And, you know, they don't get as good a look at baits and stuff. They react more to them. And I, the thing is, you'd be surprised. Maybe you're not be surprised. But a lot of big fish are caught late in the year, like in November or December at night. Um, you freeze your butts off out there, but you catch a lot, a lot of big fish too. Big, yeah. big ones. Yeah. Last uh, well, last week and the weekend before, it was
0: 34 degrees blowing like heck caught a six pounder <laughs> and that's that's a big bass in minnesota so like I, I i tell people like i probably caught eight six pounders in minnesota and i think seven of them have come after october 1st and on a jig <laughs>
1: yeah. and when i made that comment about november and december i got to think about that you know where you guys are that's not happening but you know coming out of coming out of the west or in texas i mean you know you fish in november and december i mean some of, i mean some of my best fishing trips uh-huh. have been in december it's Water's cooling down. They're, they're really feeding up. Good. You got no traffic on the lakes out there. Everything's quiet. And it, uh, it would be amazing how late in the year that I throw top water. Though I mean, you catch yeah. some big ones late in the year. You don't get as many bites, but boy, when they get it, it's a good one. Yeah, buzzbait's a big deal up here late in the fall. Uh, any talks of a Drew Cook series of rods? Yeah, I, you know I've got to do that. I mean, I'm, I've been talking to, to Drew about doing that. I've just got to. I've got to nail down what he really. To do a to do a signature series rod, you need to be you need to do something that's that angular strength. Okay. Right. Um, like, like for the, me, the, I mean I'm known as Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say like the boom boom rod, right? The frog rod from for, for Freddie, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's you know, like mm-hmm. I'm known for jerk bait. So if if I'm if I was gonna do a signature series rod with another company and I was gonna do a spin rod, it wouldn't make any sense, even though I throw a lot of spinning rods and stuff, but you know, I'd do a jerk bait rod. And that's the thing is Drew is kind of all over the board. He's a very, he's a very versatile angler. Um, he just I just need to nail down a, a you know, a technique. He needs to win on a technique or get known for a technique and make it a lot easier for me to build a rod. Um right. and he, you know, he's gosh, that guy's had a lot of success early. I mean, he, this is only his second year on tour. Um, he's fished extremely well. He's a solid, solid fisherman. I mean, there's, I don't, I don't really see a hole in his game at all.
0: Nice. Uh, Eric asked a good question. Where does the fish to win motto on the, on the, the real seats come from?
1: You know, that's a, that goes back to an article that was written, written about 25 years ago where I made a comment. I made a comment to, uh, to uh, Tatum one time about, he said, what are you going to do? I had a big lead in the tournament. I said, well, I'm going to go fish chicken tomorrow. And he goes, what the heck is fishing chicken? And I said, well, you know, I had like a 13-pound lead in an event, and I knew if I went and caught a 7- or 8-pound, you know, limit of fish, I I wouldn't be beat. There's no way. So I was just going to easily go catch a 7- or 8-pound limit of fish. And then once I had that in the boat, then I'd go back to fishing for big ones again like it was. You just fish real aggressive. And back when I started, you know, this the Shaken Worms was real popular. The Split Shot was real popular. The Doodling was real popular. And a lot of these guys were fishing for limits and numbers. And it was just completely, I didn't fish for limits and numbers. I fished for better bites, you know, bigger right. bites, less bites. And I just kind of come up with that, you know, fish to win. Don't fish chicken. And then we yeah. had some guys, that that Don't Fish Chicken article, it got, re- got rewritten three different times. It's really a cool article. It's just like, you know, if you don't play to win, you don't win very often. You know, that's the whole thing. You can't play conservative. You can't you can't go out and fish for, for a limit of, you know, a pound and a half fish and think you're going to win. I mean, what used to drive me crazy, if I had a limit in live well, and I looked in there and I knew I had to call every one of those stinking fish before weighing, if I had a shot to win, it used to drive me nuts. And, I, and truthfully, I threw away a lot of them that were keepers. And a couple times it bit me in the butt when I'd go over with four fish instead of five, and I threw out keepers in the morning. But I knew if I weighed that fish, I wasn't going to win. And I just had that, that you know, you got to win. You got to fish to win. If you don't fish to win, you don't win. You'll you win once in a while. But if you fish to win, especially back in the day when everybody was fishing real conservative, really, you know, limit fishing and you know, they'd come in, well, I mean, you catch today. Well, I caught eight. Well, how did you only catch eight? I caught 80. Yeah, well, my eight, you know, I only got my five, but my five and eat 40 of yours at one time, you know, and it was just a different mindset. And it really, it really changed the way a lot of the guys fish when we started doing those, those articles with Jack Tatum wrote that. He, I just said, well, I'm not fishing chicken. And it's just a comment, something that I'd said all the time. And, and he just like jumped right on and said, what's fish chicken? You know, what's no fish chicken? And if you fish to win, I mean, you know, but there's a fine line there. I tell you, when this swim bait fishing got really good, and I mean, I started having a lot of success with swim baits. I probably never had more hundred place plus finishes in my life because of swim baits. Because, you know, in practice, they'd be eating it or something and the tournament starts and they'd run up and chase it and follow it and bump it and slap it. But they weren't eating it. And pretty soon you look at your watch and it's one o'clock in the day and you got an empty live well and so I had some horrible tournaments by that you know that quote fish to win mentality so there is definitely a fine line there um but I still say if you don't I get so sick and tired of some of my favorite football teams that play conservative you know like that prevent defense at the end of the game prevents means you just lost you know it uh you just you just got to be aggressive Any, I think I hate to say I do that with everything in life, but I mean, it is. I mean, I always, when I'm hunting, I mean, I, what's on the other side of that mountain there's no roads over there. There's got to be something bigger over there, you know, and I'd take off to go over just, just how I've always, I've always thought, you know, just try to be aggressive. Yeah. I hope <laughs> that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, win, but don't fish stupid either.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's hard. And, and I don't care how long you fish, you're going to have those tournaments. That, it just doesn't go your way. I mean, yeah, you go left, good. they go right, you know, and it just sucks. <laughs> I mean, it just sucks. And that's what I say. You come in, well, what happened to you today? Well, I just sucked. That's what happened. Yeah. I mean, I just sucked. I just I went right, they went left, and it just didn't happen.
0: If, if it doesn't happen to you, you haven't fished enough tournaments yet. <laughs>
1: oh gosh, I promise you. I promise you. you
0: uh Liam asked about jerk bait. So what's your favorite jerk bait that's not twenty five dollars? Like a non non division one ten, what's your next favorite jerk bait? Something like
1: that. <sighs> um, I throw a lot of Stacy nineties. Um yeah. A deep diving jerk bait but there's some um gosh i'm just drawing blank because i mean at uh i've got such a habit of using the same one over and over but i've played with a couple i mean spro's got a couple of really good jerk baits out now um i mean stick
0: yeah, yeah the mixed stick the duo i've heard is good
1: yeah mixed stick it's honestly uh, that
0: lucky strike. the knockoff of the 110 is, is a good jerk bait yeah. um yeah
1: the thing about the one tens, the one my my the biggest pet peeve on the one tens is the hooks on them are really are really uh, soft, and when and they're so hard to find a hook that you can replace on that bait and, and still maintain that same perfect action. I mean the yeah. hooks that come on that bait, I mean that bait is dialed right out of the box, but those hooks are so soft, you know you end up you know destroying the hooks, bending them back, sharpening them. I mean, it just sucks, but. Gammy makes, Gammy makes enough different hooks now in those oddball sides, the threes and fives. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, you can play around, you can get it done. I mean, that's, I mean, Gamma Gatsu with their number threes and number fives is just such a home run. Like, like on a super spook, I used to run, you know, a two, a four, and a two. And, but then when Gammy came out with the, with the number threes, I mean, you put three threes on a super spook. And I mean, it's money. I mean, that is, I'll never do anything again, but, but three threes, it's, it's just a nice. perfect size for that bait. Nice. Cool. Special shout out
0: JJ and Shy. I appreciate it for the – yeah, Sean for the super chats. Uh, Shaco's got a fun – he's going to use his eight-foot shipping tube to hand out candy for social distancing this Saturday. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, prevent prevents you from winning. Uh, we talked about the Sabirat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Connor, they might come soon, but if they don't come soon, they'll definitely be here before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, hands on those cadence, yeah. I, I'm excited to get some cadence too. Like I, like I said before, I, I had FOMO for not ordering some when they when we did the trial run. Um, let's I'm gonna just, while you go ahead and talk, I'm gonna pull up the uh, the chat and see what kind of questions we had in there quick. So,
1: the cadence, the cadence are just really crisp and fast. I mean, they're just uh they're just different. They're just a different build. Um, and the guys just really, really liked them I and mean, they, they, they hit the ground running. I mean, it's, uh, like the only, the only bad feedback I got on them was, uh, you know, was the graphics and stuff like bonus splits. Cause I, originally, those were a bunch of them were splits. They, uh, they wanted some logos or something in between, you know, the the handle and the and the the butt section. And I didn't have anything there. It was kind of plain. And I mean, that's the kind and dude, I love feedback. I mean, it uh, you know, that's exactly what I did it for. And I told the guys, I said, hey, you know, you can tell me the good, but what I'm really wanting to know if there's any bad. I mean, the bad's what I gotta know about. Um, if the good, if the good is good, that's fine. I don't fix good. But if it's if there's something that's not quite right, then then that's what I really, really need to know about. Here's, here was a good question that was brought up on the, the
0: community board uh, by Brandon Webb. Is there any plans for a more affordable deep cranking rod, like maybe in the one of the lower end, like Fury rods? I know, like the Champion, right? Like has a bunch of deep cranking rods. Is there any plans for something a little more entry level for deep cranking?
1: Um, possibly. I mean, I haven't. Uh, I, I truthfully I don't have it in the works. I really don't. Um, it makes sense, right? Like that. It does make sense. So it, it does, it does make sense. And I've just got really good materials in those in the, and I've really laid heavy in the champions, but if you know I mean, the Caden's going to have a couple of different crankbait rods in it. Um, but I mean, a good deep cranking rod would be a good deal. We, I mean, we just sell a lot of crankbait rods. We make a lot of crankbait rods too. I mean, I don't know if any company makes, we had, we've got like 21 or 23 crankbait rods. That's a lot of crankbait rods. Um, but we're just we're so strong in them. Yeah. Uh,
0: one question here about split handles in the Ecstasy series.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm making those just straight off requests. I mean, I started the Ecstasy series with full handles, and uh, and I, I promised the guy that I'd make them from splits. And I'm going to tell you, I put the order in for splits, and the factory built them all fulls. So I ended up <laughs> with a with a, a, an overload of fulls. The splits are. I'm trying to think if they're coming on my. Is, they should be here before the end of the year as well um, but I will and i'm just doing the splits and in uh, the longer stuff the seven foot the seven foot fives the 753s fours and fives that's that's where we got most of the requests although now we're selling a lot of 724s and 725s as well yeah. i'll say the 725
0: is the rod that tempts me as a dock rod it seems really tempting to want to
1: you know, the just, it's just got such a good feel to it. And I, I tell you, a lot of it is, those, you know, it is the material, there's no doubt. But those Torzite guides are so light. I mean, they really are special. They're stinking expensive as heck. But, you know, they really are. They really liven a rod up a lot. Yeah. Best 10XD rod. <clears throat> Dude, we've got two. I made the 806CB as a 10XD rod. Um, and, it, and it's perfect. You can actually drive cast it. I think the 794 swimbait rod, the Champ 794, is a better rod. It just works me less. I hate that 10XD. That thing's a man killer. I mean, it pulls so stinking hard. It's like reading the hood of a Volkswagen through the water. And I'm not a big fan of that. When I threw it on the 794, it fishes it better. But I did make the 806, the 10XD rod. And that's the only two that I would say. Yep. I'd say get whichever one you can get more uses out of. You know, if you're going to throw a lot of the lighter, you know, not light swim baits, because it is a swim bait rod, do the seven ninety four. If you're going to throw a more bigger crank baits, and grab the eight hundred six. He says, "What are your thoughts on guys selling
0: cadence double what they paid for them?" <clears throat> I would say, be patient. You'll be able to get them at regular price soon
1: enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we've uh, we've had that issue a little bit with guys that you know. Bought extras and, right. and hawking them off and stuff, but that was not the program. That's not what it was for. I mean, I wanted feedback, but for the most right. part, you know, we, you know, I mean, you always you're going to have a bad a- apple always in anything, but for the most part, gosh dang fishermen are pretty darn cool. I mean, yeah. it's uh, we got you know we're just a good group of guys. There's, I mean, you got a, you get a bad apple once in a while. There's no doubt, but for the most part, I mean, we got a lot of good, really, really good people in our sport.
0: I think this is a, a good question by, by Bill Batterman here. So he he's got a fair amount of champions and extremes, thanks to me convincing him to get those uh, in his lineup. So he's got he's got a decent amount of Dobbins. Like what he's saying, convince me to buy an Ecstasy. Why should he make the jump or what's what's in it for him to get an Ecstasy? Or what are your thoughts? Is it a luxury thing or is there a big benefit or I mean, what are your thoughts?
1: I'll tell you, if you're a jig fisherman, it makes a difference. Yeah. It makes a difference. I mean, if you're if you're if you need every bit of feel out of that rod, um, and I'm um, and truthfully guys, most times you don't need it. But I mean, if that bites really spongy or you're fishing really really deep water and you need everything out of a rod, I promise you, you will feel a difference in the ecstasy. It's just it just better materials, lighter guides. Um, It just it just is. But again, I told you. I mean, I'm, the extremes are getting a, the extremes are getting a little bump right now in materials. So you're gonna see I just the extremes you uh know, we sell a lot of extremes. Um but I just think that Rod yep. I still got a bunch uh, of these extremes. They're and, still. And, these don't uh, break, so
0: I still have these
1: versions. <laughs> those uh those are uh are pretty well sought after. We get when we get those in on trade, we a lot of times we got a list of guys that are looking for one of those. And and if truthfully on the, on the on those extremes, they're a little bit they're a little bit slower than newer extremes. Um And so guys will start talking, well, I don't want a slow rod, but, I mean, those old extremes were, I mean, we sold a lot of them. And, and, like I said, we keep a list of guys that are, you know, they're looking for those. They're looking for the old extremes. If we get a trade in, it's in good shape. I mean, it's going to go quick.
0: Nice.
1: I mean, the 746, that's the funny one on that one is, I mean, I've, I found like four or five of them, and Larry Nixon took every one of them. He wanted every one of them. He absolutely loves that rod. Absolutely
0: loves it. I only have the new 746. Um. So here's a. So Zach mentions that the 740. He's got 50 plus dives. He says the Cadence 745 is his favorite. So personally, how does this Cadence 745 compare? I mean, obviously the price points different and the blanks different, but action wise, how does the Cadence 745 compare to the Extreme 745?
1: It's it's a little stouter. It's a little stouter. The Caden it's differ. the Cadence. The Cadence is a little yeah. stouter. It uh. Um, I was actually worried about that rod because that's one I would call like maybe a five and a half. Um, it's got a, the same thing with the 755 Ecstasy. That rod I, is another one I would call like a five and a half. Um, so that's where that 0.5 question earlier that, that, you know, I mean, I've thought about that a lot, but the Cadence 745, it's a great rod. I mean, it, it's it got some power to it though. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that are fishing. You're fishing Lake Fork or you're fishing around grass and gosh, you know, any of these stinking Texas lakes got wood and grass everywhere. I mean, you need, I and mean, we sell five powers in Texas. You know, in the West we sell tons of four powers and some five, but in Texas we sell fives and uh and sixes. You know, if you are fishing around, you know, trees and stuff, and you know, you just you need everything. You need a little bit more oomph than your hook sets, and and uh, and try to turn that fish to get him coming to you.
0: Yeah, of, of all the rods i bought, my dad he's down in Falcon. The seven sixty six is his favorite
1: rod. For Falcon 766 is, I mean, that is my favorite. That's my favorite flipping stick. And I used to be a nothing but an eight foot flipping stick guy, but that 766 balance is so stinking well. It's got so much power. You can throw it. You can throw a two and a half ounce weight with it. Or I honestly, I can pitch a quarter ounce weight with it. And that's what I like about that rod and It's the only flipping stick that I've used since I, since I made that rod. And I just, I just love it. And even the 765 is awesome. And I, you know, I'm fishing fork. I throw my Carolina rigs on the 765 flip. And, uh, that's what, that's uh, what I use
0: my 765 for is when I had it. Was it
1: <laughs> and some guys will talk about the, those, I built those in traditional flipping style. So the first guide's like 29, uh, 29 to 31 inches up from the, uh, from the real seat. So some of the guys, they think that's too far, but they don't remember the old guys will know that, you know, that's yeah. Flipping was flipping, you know, you grab the line and you flip and, so I built them in traditional flipping style. And there's a few guys that it bothers them enough that we'll actually put another guide on it for them. It's not a big deal. I mean, there's plenty of room there to space it out. It looks perfectly natural. As a matter of fact, on Frederick Banish's rod, he wanted an extra guide, so I built it that way. But mm-hmm. the champs are made traditional, traditional flipping style. Cool. Uh,
0: Matt wants to say just special thanks for your support of veterans. He really appreciates that. And we appreciate all our veterans for sure. For sure. Uh, JJ says the crankbait rod just hold fish. That's what sold him on Dobbins.
1: Uh, <laughs> i seen that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that goes right along with the donut jokes. The, uh, the Mark okay. Pack nagged me with uh, the Yeti remark, you know, Bigfoot. I am just about almost as hairy as a bear, so yeah. They, yeah. Uh, they lay that Bigfoot on me
0: question bob i missed it so go ahead and type it again um so this is is there any truth about storing rods in a box with a slight bend on the bank that over time that will affect the rod
1: um yeah you you can get a bend if you put a rod in a corner garage and stuff i mean but most of the time it's not it doesn't happen really that much um it shouldn't but it does i mean it uh like I don't like to leave a permanent bend on my rod. I mean, I'll try to let the line slack. But I mean, I've never honestly—I've never noticed that one on one of my rods that I put it somewhere and got a bend in it. And I just haven't. I'm, but I've seen it on enough other rods. It could happen.
0: I guess Bob asked Gary, "Could you please tell us which English pro staff are you?" So I don't know if he's just talking about tour anglers because obviously you have a <clears throat> quite a big promotional staff. But I don't know if we're just talking to, you know,
1: tour yeah, the a handful um you know our as far as like our you know our uh our big name guys would be you know larry nixon paul Mueller, you know drew cook and i hate to start naming names because i'm going to forget somebody and then I, you know and then i'm going to think uh you know um i mean those are our, you know our quote quote tour level guys and but i'll tell you um my philosophy is a little bit different when i started with the company i didn't you know, first of all, is I was a good tournament fisherman, so we, so I had a little bit of, a little bit of power, not power, that's a horrible word. Um, I had a little bit of notoriety or whatever you want to call it coming in, but, but I was viewed as a regional angler, you know, because I didn't fish bass, I didn't fish, you know, well, now we've got MLF and stuff. I didn't travel back and fish the FLW tour. I qualified for both of those many times, but I mean, there's the, the people, you got to realize those guys make, uh, you know, it's just not all fun chasing tournaments around the world. It sounds good, but there's a lot of work involved. You're away from home a lot. And you know, I just I just didn't choose to do that. And I chose to stay and quote quote be a regional fisherman. But I sold a lot of product. Um, I had some sponsors work with me on my promotion site and stuff like that. So when I started a rod company, I started looking for guys that was, you know, like myself, a powerhouse guys in certain areas. They weren't a they weren't a big name. They were a big name in their area though. And you know, I just kind of targeted some of those guys. And, and I shouldn't say targeted because I really never went after anybody. But if, if those guys talked to someone that knew me or whatnot, I mean, i definitely not pass up. I mean, a good regional angler, truthfully, is more valuable to me than a pro angler. Um, a guy that's really respected in his area, you know, that, that word of mouth we talk about, I mean, nothing beats word of mouth. Well, a lot of the pro anglers, I mean, they're, listen, they're getting paid to fish, and, you know, so the credibility goes down a little bit on some of them. Um, But a good regional angler that likes what he's using and talks about it, dude, those guys will sell more rods for you, and they're just, I mean, they're just more valuable, I think, as a fisherman, even though they got the regional tag. But I always had the regional tags. I didn't think nothing of it. I think those guys are, are very valuable. Take a powerhouse angler in his area, you know, and the other thing about a pro staff guy is, he's got to be liked to somebody. If you're, if you got a guy out there that's just, a, I mean, just a dick on the water and stuff and people can't stand him. I mean, he has no promotional value. I mean, he ain't going to sell you anything. And, uh, so, I mean, you got to have somebody that's a good fisherman, but you know, we want good guys and we're truthfully, we're pretty darn picky about our pro staff. Usually you get on staff with us by either a referral from one of my staffers, one of my reps or one of my dealers. And other than that, we just don't, we don't add a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got a really, really good staff. And I don't ever ask the guys to do anything. You get good guys, they'll do it. Some guys are really good on social media. Some guys are, you know, really good at opening accounts. I've had pro staff open more accounts for me than I've ever had sales reps open. Um but, and they might just be a guy that everybody kind of ends up around their boat for the BS session after the tournament or after a day's fishing, you know, and everybody's like looking at the rods on his deck and he sells a ton of rods that way. I mean, I don't really have a criteria. My biggest criteria is I want good guys. I mean, mm-hmm. when I good guys mean good guys, not necessarily the best fishermen at times, but good guys.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I remember a long time ago, Clark Reed kind of reached out to me and kind of put the bug in my ear to, to talk to you and, I don't
1: regret yeah. that at all. Yeah, Clark's uh, another one of our yard tour guys. I told you I was gonna I was gonna drop a name. I mean, that's why I hate to start naming names because I'm gonna yeah. forget. Uh,
0: JJ, say, what's the, is there any difference in actions between the Caden Seven Fifteen and Seven Forty
1: Five? Um, there shouldn't be, but their Forty Five is a little stouter. Okay. It's a little stouter than the Fifteen. It and it shouldn't be. They both five powers. They should be pretty much. But the five, the, the Forty Five is a little stouter than the Fifteen. Sure.
0: So oh, selfishly, uh, how does the ecstasy seven twenty five compare to the extreme seven hundred
1: five? It's going to feel a lot different because it's it's going to feel so much lighter. Um, I mean, like, action action's going to be action's going to be pretty darn close. They're just going to feel a lot different. But if you like, you put them on a bender board. You know, we keep a bender. We have a bender board there in the shop, and you put them on a bender board. They're going to test out really close. You'll think, well, oh, them them rods are the same." They're not the same, but action wise, they are the same. Well, maybe not exactly the same, but close. Really, really close.
0: Sure. So Darren asks, "Spring Grass, Gunnersville Rattle Trap Rod,
1: seven thirty four Champ, or you could, well seven thirty four Champ or Sierra?" Again, those both are just a little bit slower, and uh, and they're just they'll they'll handle that trap better. And I've thrown I've thrown a 734 on a trap in the California Delta in the grass for the last 15, 16 years. It's just a great trap rod. Some guys will like a 33, but 34 for me.
0: Yeah. And I would say the nice thing about that is if it's not trap season, you can still pitch a pitch a creature on that. You can put, you know what I mean? Like that that's an all-around rod that'll throw a spinnerbait, it'll throw a top one. I mean, like it's just a workhorse rod. So
1: Well, you know, I seen a I seen a thing wrote lately where uh, they said a the multi a guy wrote and I don't remember where it was, but he said the most versatile bass rod made today is the Dobbins 734 champion. And I just and I thought, wow, and I mean I didn't even I don't know who this guy is at all. I started yeah. thinking you know, he's really, he's really pretty right. I don't know of another rod that will do as many techniques as that rod will. Like it's you know, it might not be the best spinnerbait rod, but it's a good spinnerbait rod. It might right. it's not the best jig rig rod, but it's a good jig rod. It's not, you know, a best Carolina rig rod, but it's a decent Carolina rig rod. And it's that's the thing, and you can keep going back to it and like, I finally got the monkey up my back on one of the U.S. Open. I think it was in, like, '08 oh, or something like that after a bunch of second places. And I went into that doing nothing but throwing, you know, swim baits, small swim baits in top water. That's what I was doing. And, and a few spinner baits. Jigs was not. I wasn't slowing down for nothing. But on the last day, I needed a jig rod. And – I didn't have one. You know, I was throwing my favorite jig rod then was a DX 744, but I didn't have one because I wasn't going to jig rod. But, I mean, now I've got a 734 champion there, and it ain't the best jig rod, but it's a good jig rod. And yeah. and I ended, up, I ended up winning the U.S. Open throwing a jig, you know, on a 734. And that's the thing about a 734. Is I always got an extra one in the boat because it does, gosh, 15 different techniques. Dang good. You know, yeah. it may not be the best, but It'll be, it's a good rod for that. It's Pretty very, very
0: versatile. Pretty
1: good play jig rod too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh. it's just really, it's just a super versatile rod. It, it's one of those that I'd probably hate to have to make again. Cause I don't know if I can make it that, that good again. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Yeah. We talked about his, uh, yeah, I think we talked about Gary won 40 boats back in the day. Uh yeah, really enjoying the show tonight. Yeah. I thought I knew people would enjoy having you on. That's why I reached out to Gary,
1: uh, I'm a has-been. That's the only thing that sucks is, I mean, I just don't get to fish like I used to. And when I do now, I uh, I just don't, i just, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't put the time in. I mean, I've got a yeah. job and, and on the and on the water where you ain't supposed to talk on your cell phone, I'm handling dealer calls and rep calls right. and stuff. And it, it's just not the same. I still tell you, if I get on them, I'm going to catch them. But I don't work at my fishing like I used to. So I tell everybody I'm a has-been.
0: Better than better than it never will never never was right. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, not you, but I feel like this is. You know, I mean, like you know, you're not fishing as many tournaments as you used to, but you know what? You're still a big part of the fishing industry, and you're still contributing in a big way. You know, uh, so that's still really cool. It's just it's just a different role. I mean, you're still as involved in the fishing industry or more than you used to be. It's just a different capacity.
1: Yeah, we, we used to. I mean, gosh, my, my worst, not my worst, my heaviest tournament year, I fished 42 events. And the next year I fished 39. But I mean, I always fish 30 events a year. And that's a lot. And uh, but I lived on the water. And truthfully, I worked nights and I'd fish days. I didn't require a lot of sleep. And I was just ate up with fishing. I mean, I had I was always fishing every spare minute. I don't know of the old age is part of it that slowed me down. I just don't every spare minute. I don't feel like I got to get out on the water. And that's what I used to do um i still love tournament fishing you catch a five pounder you catch a five pounder on a fun days fishing it's nothing i mean you catch a five pounder in a tournament you know get the net you know you're all wound up i mean it's it's a big yep. deal you know it's that's the thing about tournament fishing is the exciting factor there you catch a big one it's something you catch a big one when you're fun fishing hey it's a it's a rush it's a good deal but it ain't like you're you're not trying to chase a seven or pounder around and get him in a net to take him into weighing scales so that's a big big deal
0: yeah absolutely this is a good question from bob uh, what's a good versatile rod at the budget line? So, like, does the 734 Fury also, like,
1: carry over? 7, I mean, a 730, 734 Fury. It's a little faster than the Champ 734. Um, it's 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 quite a bit faster, honestly, but it's uh, we sell boatloads of them. It, yeah. it probably are – I mean, I don't know this for a fact. I'd have to check. I mean, I know 705 CDs is number one, but I'd be willing to bet you 734C – Fury is probably our number two selling rod.
0: Yeah, and so I think full retail, on that's like 119 Yep. Yep. Uh, you can find that at play. I mean, like, some of the big box stores carry the Fury. Um, yeah. But I, you can geez. get, you get you know, a $10 off 50 coupon here, or a 10, I mean, like, you know, it's not, you yeah. can get that. Find that, rod. Right. Right. It's pretty easy if you find a little coupon or something. So
1: 734 Fury, I would be willing to bet you, is in almost every single dealer that we have. I mean, yeah. it would have a 734 Fury.
0: <laughs> nice Sycamore. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> so man, I think we covered a ton of ground tonight, Gary. This has been awesome. We're we're creeping up right about two hours. I feel Holy like mackerel. Yeah, it didn't feel like it, but we, uh, <laughs> no. we we're just we we're just rolling along, and that's awesome. Um, so I would say for any of you that are hanging out now and you missed the early part, the YouTube replay will be up, and the Facebook replay will be up, so you can go watch the videos. I also will put the audio out on my podcast, so there will be links in the description, or you just search Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast, you'll find it. So uh, there's a ton and ton of great knowledge and questions that we cover with Gary that uh, if you didn't hear the whole stream you'll want to go back and catch part of it uh super shout out to the people who did the super chats night that's super awesome um and uh yeah i don't know anything else you want to touch on gary as we kind of wind things up this has been a, a true pleasure i appreciate it
1: Dude, i appreciate you having me on i mean it's uh you know i always say fishermen love to fish and they love to talk or i say bs most of the time but at uh you know it's always fun it's always fun interacting with anglers and that's you know that's a thing that I'll never that I'll never lose i mean i love talking to fishermen and i talk to fishermen all day every day um you know i'm happy to be here if i can ever help you know rod questions and stuff just give me a yell and and um very blessed happened to i actually love texas it's um things are things are good i mean if i could just get my grandkids to texas it'd be really good
0: yeah and I think that's. Uh, I think if you ever have a rod question, if you call the shop, you might be surprised who you end up talking to.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I answer a lot of rod questions to shop. Not as many in the last months or so. We put a kind of a new management team in there, and so I'm not as do it. But I'm always accessible. I mean, I I answered, you know, a lot of phone questions. I do a ton of email questions, but you know, I'll, I'm always happy to help with guys with rod choices and it's a kind of fun. Cause I mean, I, I've got hands on every single one of them. So I can, and there's, there's history behind some of them of, you know, why they were made. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, I love talking fishing poles. Yeah, me
0: too. Like I, I just underrated that. And if people don't like, I have quite a few people that slide into my, my DMS on Instagram and Facebook and leave YouTube comments. And I'm always happy to take the time. And, you know, it's usually a back and forth, right? It's like, Oh, what do, you know, it's like, I want to, drop shot rod like well do you do straight flow or do you do Or you know, braid to And like let's talk about this what kind of like what kind of weights do you like to use where are you that kind of stuff and so it's more than you know, just you know a one-word answer so
1: yeah if you don't if you don't if you if you can't quiz them that's really like in an email yeah. that'll say you know what you know what i throw drop shot on well it's gonna depend you know i mean you know if i can talk to the angler and you know you can ask a few questions i mean telling you 99 of the time i can dial them into the right rod you know, if I get to ask some questions and it's, it's, it's easy, but if you just get a blanket, like, what do I, you know, what do I, what rod do I need for this? Um, one thing I will say the one, one of the weaknesses with the company has been combos and I've never really wanted to dive into the real market, but um, I think in, by mid year, you're going to see some pretty stout combos from us. Cause I've got a couple of reels that I'm pretty, I'm playing with that. I'm pretty happy with, and I've been messing with them for six or seven months and, um i can't find any holes in them i'm pretty happy i'm upgrading a couple drag washers and things like that but it um i'm not getting into real business but i mean you could tournament fish with these reels and not have an issue
0: so are these going to come out as standalone or they won't be combos
1: they're going to be basically a building for combos but i'm going to have some standalones as well um and i i tell you again i'm pretty you know i'm i mean i get I've had a couple of the big box buyers beat me up about overbuilding product. And, you know, I do. I mean, I do. I mean, my margins ain't what, you know, my margins ain't what other rod companies are. I mean, I overbuild product. It's just, but you know, I build good stuff because that's what I want to fish with. And I mean, I want good stuff for the, for the other guys. And like I said, I do, a, I don't do a very good job of marketing, but you build good stuff. You have good customer service and uh you sell a lot of rods. company grows every year. Nice.
0: Yeah. Like, ballpark like do you do you disclose how many rods you do a year or is that not something
1: you share dude i don't even know how many honestly i don't even know i know dollar figures and i really don't want to say because it's just That's it's right. it's it would shock it would honestly it shocks me okay let me just say that it shocks me how many rods we sell a year it uh it really does it's it's we are we are really one of the rod company players in the industry now we uh we sell a lot of stinking rods Um right I and mean, again I think- it's it's exceeded my expectations, like I said, 10,000%. Never in my wildest dreams.
0: If I think about the indep- like the, the independent rod guys, I think Dobbins is right up there, right? I mean, obviously, you're not competing with the Abus, right? And, the, and, the, and, the, and the, some of that's mass fast-produced, like, big corporation rods. But when you start comparing yourself to, uh, you know, Powell and Falcon and Cashin and like that, your name kind of rises to the top when you start to talk about that category. Well, right?
1: I mean – Honestly, I mean, I'll arrogantly say that, you know, I think, I think that, you know, Loomis and St. Croix and, you know, I mean, that's where, I, that's where I really, that's where I really think my competition is. Honestly, I, I really do. We, I think, you know, we build a lot, level, you know, honestly, I think I build better rods than a lot of those, but it's, but I could that's where I consider my competition. I don't really consider it you know abu i mean they of course they sell a ton more abus than i than i'm ever going right. to sell there's no doubt about it and, uh, um but i just i want to be on that higher end stuff and you know started a rod company for the first like eight or nine years we only had two series of rods we had champion and extreme you know mm-hmm. we had a 220 and twenty dollar rod and up we didn't you know we didn't never try to build the the lower end stuff and and even when I build a lower and stuff like the Colts series, just got Mitsubishi material in it, Japan material. So I just I just can't build that cheap crap. I mean, it's right. it, I just can't do it. I just it's just I, I hate it. It uh I do got a little bit of glass in those Colts. I mean I built them to be a little bit more forgiving because we're going a lot of them are going to the high schools and, and the kids right. and stuff. Um, but anyway, guys, I know I've kept you guys on here along. I'm good at running my jaws. So Yeah, uh, appreciate it, Gary. Uh, like I said, if you guys are watching the Repay,
0: make sure you hit that like, comment. If you're new to the channel, make sure you subscribe. Uh, and I appreciate every one of you hanging in here to the end. And uh, special thanks to Gary, who is always here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs> and
1: fish to Thank win. You, yeah, fish to win. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you.